The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. to get back to the wrestling. Finally, there is a podcast on the internet about professional wrestling. I am your co-host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. Thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening to the show today. And uh, like any good wrestling show, I'm not doing this alone. I'm not Joey Styles. I don't got the talent to pull that off. So I've got my co-host with me, left to right, across your podcast dial. Up first is my good friend, representing the New England territory, the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. We're here live! Live via simulation over the internet. That's right. That's an old school Two True Freaks reference. Yeah. And my other co-host, uh, nepotism at work, sort of, representing the New York territory, is my brother, Jay Jackanetti. How you doing, Jay? Robocop's from the cage door! He's from the door of the cage! Door of the cage! Oh, the, the horsemen don't want nothing to do with Robocop! Look out, Robocop! <laughs> Robocop's here! Robocop! <laughs> You know the best part about that? If you go back and watch that, like, JR sold everything. He sells RoboCop super hard. Like, you know, he's he's a company man, you know, kind of thing. But God, it's great. Ripping the door off you the want to talk about Arn Anderson sells the hell out of being scared of RoboCop. Like, yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? At least Arn Who wouldn't be, underwear. yeah. At least he wasn't in his underwear. He's on like, his... He got jumped in the back, remember? And he comes hopping out in his underwear. Yeah. Like, oh, Leopard Arn. skin underwear. <laughs> Oh, Arn. Oh, Arn. What are you doing? <laughs> Arn Anderson's book. <sighs> I, I, don't, I, I know Luke knows this. I don't, hero, I don't know if you've ever read Arn Anderson's book. Um, no, no. Arn Anderson's book is completely written as if wrestling is a complete shoot. And everything you saw was 100% real. So it's 
it's like completely kayfabe. The whole book is kayfabe. Nice. And but he, but like right, Luke. I mean, it's it's one hundred percent as if this is really what happens, and that like you know, uh, o, uh, Oli is really his brother, and Gene is really his cousin, and like this is all real. I'm like, dude, like, okay, like, your name's not even Arn Anderson, like, but he totally is like, I went to high school, and then you know whatever, and like. He says, talking about other people in his life who don't have the last name Anderson who are related to him directly, like his <laughs> siblings. I'm like, but dude, all these like, but he just it's bad. And um, hey, it was it was done on a was word a- processor, I think. Um, and it didn't have like spell check or like, you know, like has margins that are too far over and indented. It's not a bad read if you totally want to be a mark reading it. But it's written as if like kayfabe still existed, which we know it doesn't. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. I'm derailing. Well, kayfabe died the night of the curtain call. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Don't kayfabe me. I I always wanted to make a finishing move called the K5, and that's. (laughs) (laughs) He's hit Roman Reigns with six K5s, and still he kicks out. You know. Because that's cool. Because Roman Reigns is going to be. So Haley asked you the day. She flat out, Roman Reigns comes out, she just turns right to me and goes, when's Dean Ambrose coming back? That's how bad <laughs> it is. Roman Reigns, you're like, when is Dean Ambrose coming back? Because, damn, he right. sucks. Like, it's just so, I feel bad for Roman Reigns at this point. Like, he's, I mean, you're not going to say no. I don't want to, I don't want the main position on the roster to be your main face and make all this money. I'm not going to say no to that. But, like, he's got to know this isn't working. Even if even if Vince doesn't want to admit it's not working, he's got to know this isn't working. Like, yeah, but you know what? You know what? No, it's still working. The checks keep clearing. That's no, all that matters. Right? No, I understand. You know? hey, if, I was, if I was that young and in that kind of shape and getting that kind of exposure, I'd be taking the money too. Shit. Wait, what I'm saying is, but like, he's but he's got to like inside of him know, like this is not working. This could be so much yeah. better. Because remember, they used to cheer me, right? So yeah. so well, you know what's we know what this is. All this is is eventually. You know, at some point, he's going to have to leave and have an indie run as a heel, and he'll be way over. I'll tell you right and now, then, you know. <laughs> I, would, I would love it. Can you imagine that actually happened? Like, I mean, Cody Rhodes is still, I mean, still Cody Rhodes, right? But, I mean, you know, he's yeah. still his, like, whatever. But could you imagine Roman Reigns? Like, you know what? I just want to, re- he, he's released from his contract, and he becomes the indie darling that Cody Rhodes has become. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think anyone would see that coming. Like, no, it's just like the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> no one saw no one, it coming. No, no, one, <laughs> no one expects the Spanish, Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> so anyway, oh, boy. Uh, so. All right, folks. Well, so, yeah. Nothing. They, nothing starts a good night of wrestling talk like bashing Roman Reigns, you know. <laughs> well, it's easy. We all know <laughs> Roman Roman Reigns, one facial expression. Dull surprise. <laughs> dull, very dull surprise. <laughs> oh, man. That was remember remember a couple of years ago when him and Daniel Bryan were feuding and Daniel Bryan came out during his matches and led the crowds of chants of yes yes yes. Uh, they they actually they that they got leaked that the following week he was going to come out and lead the ch- the crowd in chants of dull surprise, but they scrapped it. It wasn't going to work. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, <man. clears throat> All right. Remember those far off days when Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns were the top two? Oh wait. <laughs> hey, dude. You know what? I don't know. I mean, I mean. I know, I know everyone's focusing on uh, Titus Worldwide, you know, slide under the ring. Worldwide! Um, but Daniel Bryan, I mean, he's number one in the, in the Greatest Rumble, and he waited all the way to the end. So, 
I mean, that's, that's yeah, his chest. His chest looked. His chest looked disgusting. His chest was gross. It looked like hamburger meat. It was so. And for a guy that doesn't eat meat, that's yeah. that's really saying something. Well, that's mm. why. That's why his chest you know what? Yeah. You know, I know what I like about Daniel Bryan is that he actually, you know, was in a relationship with the woman he married and didn't just date her for TV. So, you know, that alone puts him yeah. over the top of some other top baby faces in, uh, in WWE. I have but, no uh, idea who you are referring to. Well, as someone who was forced to sit through Total Divas, I can tell you right now that it is 100% Nikki Bella being the, the, the problem. Here because we watch John Cena like he's John Cena is like the coolest dude ever because he, 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 he's like I mean I know people don't want to believe that but like when he's just not being John Cena like in the ring when he's hanging out with his brothers and his cousins he's like having beers shooting the shit chain. I'm like dude this guy's like super cool like he's a millionaire and lives in a giant mansion but he's like super cool <laughs> they're shooting pool and like he's being totally chill and like Daniel Bryan's hanging out with him and you're like dude he hangs out with Daniel Bryan that guy's like, I mean, all Daniel Bryan needs to do is CrossFit, and he's like a vegan CrossFit, like the worst things in the world, you know? <laughs> I mean, and he's gluten-free. He's a gluten-free yeah. vegan who, like, if he did CrossFit, would be the three worst things you could possibly be in a human being. Hipster, hipster. And, yeah, well, no, no, this, no, 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 the only the thing I'm telling you, have to, you have to mine Bitcoin. Oh, if, you, uh, if you're a, <laughs> if you're a, a gluten-free vegan yeah, who mines Bitcoin and does CrossFit, <sighs> you know. Sorry. Sorry if there are any it's, of those people listening, but and I doubt they are because well, no, but no, but you'll we'll know if there are because they'll they'll email us and tell us about Bitcoin or CrossFit, and then we'll know. <laughs> that being, well, I can tell you. We all know the the first. Well, yes, I'm sure you can, but we all know the first rule of CrossFit is you must talk about CrossFit. Yeah, but uh, okay. that just sounds exhausting. It I mean, does, doesn't it? Does. Does. Talking about it sounds exhausting. No, I but the worst that. part is, I have friends who, I, like Luke and I went to, well, he, they were older than me, so like they're much older than Luke, right? Who went, went to high school with, who, who are super into CrossFit, but they don't, I mean, and every day they're posting these workouts. I'm like, when do you have time to work? Like, the workouts <laughs> take forever. And they're like, and those we used, <laughs> yeah, well, I used to do, well, my wife and I, we used to do uh, Beast Mode. And, Beast mode is, is get beast mode. I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. The Beast Wars theme. Dur, 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 dur. <laughs> Did so every you'd be single there and you'd be just lifting weights and be like, I am Optimus Primal. Uh. <laughs> yes. But of course, it always brought the logical problem. It's like, well, Beast mode was the mode that the uh, Maximals and Predacons switched to to conserve energy and was not their offensive attack mode. So if anything, it should be used Beast mode in that context. <laughs> You fucking nerd. <laughs> yes, I am. Although you know, I, I my you, my friend my friend Drake explained it to me. He goes, no, Luke, it's like the game Altered Beast. I'm like, oh fuck, yes, I remember Altered Beast. Yes, you, you get beast mode. Altered Beast wave yeah. first though before you can work out. And you yeah, wise from your wave. Dun, 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 dun. I have that on my phone. It's loud as hell. When you accidentally launch that, you don't realize it. Anyway. Nobody accidentally <laughs> launches Altered Beast. <laughs> <laughs> don't they, though? Don't no, accidentally. Like, air quotes up to the microphone, but anyway. I need to kick the heads off zombies and turn into yeah. an animal right now. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Speaking of kicking the heads off of zombies and turning into an animal, in case you haven't guessed, <laughs> our topic tonight is we're gonna we're gonna reach out to you guys and let you guys book the show tonight because it yeah. is it is we're reaching in to the bulging sack of mail that we have mm. because bulging bulging sacks that describes all three of us. 
Yes. Uh, but yes, so the, we're, we're, we're going to do something. Well, I mean, it's it's well, that's possible. It's it's all it's you know it's it's uh, it's all juice, no seed right now. So, but uh, <laughs> oh, geez. go check out go check out the Vazcast for those who who may not have heard that. You know, not the Vazcast. That's a that's a separate a, show that we'll be starting. That's a different one, the Vazcast. But uh, in all seriousness, men's health very important. But anyway, yes, we're looking deeping, digging deep. <laughs> into the mailbag because apparently we've touched a nerve with a few of our listeners and uh you'll be hearing from our attorney that's all i gotta say about that uh mr <laughs> clarence mason attorney at law um but uh you know clarence mason was actually an attorney who, <laughs> who worked for vince and they said you you could we need you we need to do a riff on the nation of islam because that's somehow racially sensitive and uh there you go <laughs> yeah yeah but yes, so it's email. Say is this is thank God back in the in the 90s when we had the attitude era stuff there was no Twitter or Oh my god. Facebook. Oh like, man. Like, there would be no pro wrestling anymore. I'm sorry. Like no. they would have pro just, would not exist. Everything would be gone. <laughs> like it just would be like, "Hey, you want to talk about pro wrestling? Fuck you, dude. Fucking pro wrestling like, you know, it would be gone." You know what though? Here's the thing though. If Twitter was around at the time of that, Goldust would have been the biggest headliner of all time. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my God! But I'm saying, yes. can you imagine Shawn Michaels having a Twitter account before he found God? You know, <laughs> like I'm just saying, Shawn Michaels, um, and I'm a Shawn Michaels fan, which is you know, um, which is weird because I'm also a Shane Douglas fan and a Ric Flair fan. And you're not allowed to be all those things at one time, but it can happen. Um, the he's an asshole. Like so, and then you hear people talk. Like I mean, I know everyone's like Jim Cornette's an asshole too. Like okay, but that's fine. But when you hear people talk about the way Shawn Michaels was, I mean. Not just even like Cornette or you know um, uh, Bruce Pritchard or whatever, but everyone's like, man, Shawn Michaels was an asshole back then. Like he was an asshole to everybody, right? And you know he was kind of a pussy and like whatever else, but he had a bunch of people with him to start shit, and he like would start shit and then get beat up, and then they tried to pretend like you know you know he didn't get jumped by one person in a bar, but like the twelve Marines beat him up or some shit, you know whatever. Um, but yeah, dude, he was an absolute asshole, and I guarantee you that guy would have fucking caused way more problems than he did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. And, uh, I should use this as a segue. Speaking of social media, we now have a new way of social media for you to get in touch with us for additional feedback. We are now on the Twitter. You can reach, <laughs> get back to the wrestling at GBT. TW podcast, get back to the wrestling GBTTW podcast on Twitter. Look for it. It's uh, give us a follow. We will uh, reach reach you if you tweet at us. And of course, you always use the hashtags: hashtag Get Back to the Wrestling, hashtag N1C, hashtag N1C Mafia. If you want to be part of the discussion here hashtag on Get Back to the surprise. Wrestling, <clears throat> hashtag Dull Surprise. Take a trend, people. Make a trend. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so, so we got like I said the sex. Are bulging. So, uh, who has our first email? Hero, uh, I believe it's you. Oh, okay. This <clears throat> email comes from Mr. Gene Hendricks, the host of several shows on the Two True Freaks Network, including, uh, let's see, uh, the Hammer Podcast, the Quantum Cast, Anime Freaks, and uh, he does the Hammer Strikes uh, blog. Uh, so, here we go. <clears throat> Jay, Luke, and Hero. I really appreciated your three hour epic retrospective on wrestlemania 4 if my memory serves this was one of the first pay-per-views that my sister and i convinced my parents to get 
we were pretty big into watching the WWF on the weekends, and we watched the buildup of this storyline over the year. So I remember this being a quote-unquote big deal. Heck, we even watched it on the good TV in the family room because that was the one with the cable box. So it felt really special. For a good period from then, we would get WrestleMania and SummerSlam every year. And I don't know if my parents enjoyed them as much as we did, but I don't remember two, two snide comments either. Having sprung for the WWE Network, only nine ninety nine, dollars uh, I editorialized there, <laughs> uh, subscription for a couple of months last summer, I have to agree with Luke that this was part of a long story. I went and watched the pay-per-view shows in broadcast order up to sometime in the early 90s and saw how everything built up. I agree some of the matches were not as good as they could have been, which was disappointing, but I still got a good bit of entertainment out of it. I look forward to whatever you guys cover next. Gene. Well, thank you for the email, Gene. Uh, we enjoyed covering it, as you could clearly tell by the three-hour episodes. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's one of I, our I, shorter episodes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we give you your money's worth, especially since the show is free. But That's right. I, 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 the part I liked here, Gene said, talking about watching it on the good TV in the family room, because that was the one with the cable box. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, in the 80s, you had to have the box... And then we went away from that, and we just had all cable-ready TVs, and now we're back to having to have a box again. Yep. Yep. The yep. funny <laughs> things have gone kind of like, wait a minute, what? No, no. Well, but, actually, uh, no, you yeah, don't I'm... need a box now. Now you just need your phone or your tablet or your computer, right. and you just send right. it to the and Chromecast. Not... Yeah, but yeah. And nine ninety nine a month, and yeah. you'll be good to go. Only nine ninety nine a month. Right. <laughs> in, in all fairness, I making fun of the WWE network is really easy, but for the nine ninety nine a month, there's a lot of content on there. Oh gosh. You're, you're yeah. guaranteed you're guaranteed to find ten dollars worth of entertainment out of it. If, if just in terms of the big pay per views yeah, every year, exactly. what they're sixty bucks now, More you end that. up saving a ton of money. Yeah, WrestleMania, if it, like like last time we had a buy well, I never I haven't bought a WrestleMania ever. Um the last time like I was over at Franco's house and he bought a WrestleMania before the network became available. It was like we were paying. He goes, "Do we want it in HD or no?" And I'm like, "Dude, I don't care. Like, you know, my eyes are only as good as they're ever gonna get." And he's like, "Let's see, sixty dollars regular, eighty dollars in HD." He goes, "We're going sixty dollars." I'm like, Dude, "Oh my god, sixty dollars! Yeah. Like, that's an insane amount of money for a pay per view." I mean, not that UFCs are super cheap because they're not either, but it's like, no. good <laughs> lord, like, like I, I don't know, for ten dollars a month, we look at it, it's like one hundred and twenty dollars a year. At one hundred and twenty dollars yeah. a year. If you bought WrestleMania and SummerSlam, you made your money. Like, yep, you know, right. And this, Never, way, if all you watch was NXT, if all you watch was NXT on there, because you can't see NXT, NXT anywhere else, and the NXT pay-per-views, which you can't see anywhere else, you would get enough entertainment to qualify for $120 of entertainment a year anyway. Right, Easily. yeah. Easily. By the way, and I, I, I want to – go ahead, Jim. I, I, did not, I, I, I did not get to see uh, – um, so we talked about this on a previous episode where um, Shayna Baszler um, had uh, Dakota Kai's arm and appeared to snap her arm where I actually physically jumped up off the bed and screamed no, where I thought she really <laughs> broke her arm. They're going they're They're wrestling for the title uh, uh, there. It was it was I think it was tonight. Right? I didn't see it yet. But it's the whole thing is Kelly's like, oh, man, they're going to have her wrestle her again. Is she going to break her arm again? I go, she didn't break her arm. Just look like it did. So they keep showing it, and I'm like, okay, you can stop any time now. Thank you. I know her arm's not broken, but it's really gross because she stomps the living shit out of her arm. So mm. anyway, sorry. Shayna Baszler no, is no joke. All I was, yeah, no, she's not. All, all I was going to say, also, the th- nice thing also about the network is you do get 
the original programming, some of which is just fluff, but there's some good stuff. I'm a, Jay knows this, I'm a big fan of Ride Along. Yes, it's so funny. I, every time The Miz is on Ride Along or The Good Brothers are on Ride Along, it is gold. Well, the, and, you the, know, the Miz-Taraj one, the one where they were eating and stuff, that was not as good. Yeah. When Miz and Maurice no, but the Miz, together, no, but Miz, awesome. but Miz was great on Miz oh, was yeah, great yeah. on that. Like he called this. This is before. Um, this is when Maurice was off the road because of she was um, advanced so advanced in her pregnancy, and he calls home and and she's like, "Oh, Pumpkin wants to Facetime with you." And Pumpkin's the dog. Yeah, oh, uh, you making me Facetime? I don't have my hair done. I have my makeup done. It's no fair. You're always doing this to me, Dad. But yes, the one with Miz and Maurice where they go pick up the dogs. Yes. The dogs and the Asian. dogs are going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the funny part is that the one with and the it, and is that any of the ones with the Good Brothers, with uh, Anderson oh, right. yeah, and yeah, Gallows yeah. and or Bauer and or. They're the top guys. Top yeah. guys don't carry bags. Everybody knows that. Well, the funny <laughs> part is the one with the revival. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to be so boring. And it, they're, they are very boring. But they are very yeah. much into like, who do you think the best four horsemen lineup ever was? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I'd say have to Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Barry Windham. I would agree. Like, no shit, that's an easy one. Like, you know, like, but you know like what? guys, you don't have to be, you don't, you can break kayfabe here. They're like, no, this one's a real life. That's what you they know? are. You know, there's been, a yeah. big, there's been a big push on the internet. People are saying, well, the WE should have Jim Cornette, uh, you know, induct the, because he inducted the Rock and Roll Express into the Hall of Fame. They should put you know, Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express in the Hall of Fame, which I agree with. Um, but then you should then have um, him manage the revival at WrestleMania. And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense for one show. It'd be really cool to see him with the, the throwback tag team. But, like, why don't you have someone like Jim Cornette like, be the agent to book the revival yeah. and another team <laughs> and put a yeah. whole program together where we'd be like, holy shit. That's amazing because it would be nothing more than what we saw back in the day when we saw, you know, good tag team yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The, the, other, the other part of it's too smart. Too smart. Can't do it. The, the other part of Gene's email I do like also talking about getting WrestleMania and SummerSlam is those were growing up like in high school. Those were the ones we always watched with our good friend Bob Hanson because WrestleMania it was WrestleMania. You know, and then SummerSlam, especially going to school in New York, school wasn't back yet. So it was OK to be out late on a Sunday, nice. you know, and and the Hansons, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Hanson didn't care about us, you know, um, hooting and hollering in their rec room downstairs, you know, with, uh, um, you know, with, with Bob's dad messing with his fish and everything else down there. You know the, and uh, Heidi, right. Heidi falling asleep on the couch. Heidi, calm down. The little dog. Bob also had Bob also had his uh, his. Uh, um, Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior, Warrior wrestling, wrestling buddy. buddy, and he would hang yes. there with us because the Ultimate Warrior was to watch us. And the best part was, and now we're going really nerdy, is we actually invented a wrestling game, and we would play said wrestling game with like our own wrestlers yes. and stuff like that. And we'd do that during the pre-show. It was just, dude, it was like a whole. I want to say, didn't we invent that at Halloween Havoc '95, right around that time at our house? We did because the we had sumo the, truck match. Yes, yes. Bob was over, and we. We, I, we had kind of the inklings of, like, what we were using. We, we, we used the old IWA, IWA right, um, thing from the yeah, magazine. Okay. As We made photocopies. Dad made photocopies of it. We'd make the wrestlers. And we started inventing our own guys. And, you know, we, we kind of started to come up with, like, how can we do this? And, like, we're finding the rules. And it's the crazy part of, like, as you're trying to brainstorm these rules and how do you, 
how do you, okay, well, how do we do this? And we put pennies in a cup and you're shaking pennies in the year. Craziness. There, there is three hours of podcast right there, just on the rack. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you, you know, we had so many hours and hours of fun doing that because when we got, you know, old enough where like I could drive, um, it, it, it was not unheard of for like, you know, we would go to like, I would go get Bob and, you know, wherever, and we, we would spend the day in the summertime. Like we would go like Bob and Luke would go run because that's what they did. And I wouldn't because that's what I did. Um, yeah. yeah. Because fuck running, dude. I'm a, I'm a exactly. friend, right? Um, so, and then we would spend the day, like we'd eat lunch at the house. We're watching wrestling, old wrestling tapes. Dude, we'd watch like stuff we'd order from like um, RF video and we would watch old RF video, yeah. and ECW and you name it. And we would wrestle these cards and we'd have pay-per-views. Dude, it was so much fun. I mean, it's nerdy ass shit, but you know what? <laughs> like it was a ton of fucking fun. We had a great time. I mean, some of the things Bob came up with, uh, his characters were definitely like, okay, like you took a little more thinking maybe like, okay, I totally get where this is going, like kind of thing. But it was great because you got to book and you got to like think of stories and stuff. And I know people think that's, oh, it's so stupid. It's like, I don't know. I had a great time doing that stuff. That stuff was awesome. Well, you know, if I, if I could just put over Bob for one second, his, his big main guy in our league was Unther P. Schwartz, otherwise known as UPS. Oh, my God, yeah. Who was a UPS delivery man and wrestled in a UPS <laughs> uniform. Dude, and then he was when, so no, wait a tough. minute, wait a minute. UPS was tough. He was the world champion for a while. He was. When, when, when Jay left for college, and Bob and I are two years younger, so we're still in high school, we booked the spinoff Fed, which was, the, like, the extreme version of our Fed. Yeah, and Fed. Bob's top guy was FedEx. <laughs> and everyone thought FedEx was UPS because UPS didn't have a contract. So, oh, you're, you're UPS. And then UPS came back, and UPS and FedEx had this huge feud. Oh, my God. It was the greatest, All I most know ridiculous is this. thing All ever. I know is this. Luke invented a guy called Chapel Tech. Chapel Tech. <laughs> Chapel Tech was, and again, there's no rhyme. I mean, you know, it's all like, it's like, it's like, um, you know, like like I, Luke, Luke and I play a game called uh, Go Fight Pow, which my buddy Eric invented. Um, and you know, like if that's done with dice and cards, whatever. I mean, but we were making this game. We didn't use dice and cards. We used pennies in a in a butter container and like whatever. And we had these things. And a character like, sheet, basically. Right, yeah. A character sheet. It was it was like it was like D and D kind of thing. You know, with a character. We, we didn't nice. use dice because we didn't have dice, but you had pennies. We used it, right? And Chapel Tech started killing everybody right through. So Katoa or, or Satoka, who was I, I named him Satoka because it sounds like Sokotoa because I'm a math nerd, right? Uh, you know, Rick. Satoka was like the hardcore guy from Japan. Yeah, he was. Right? You know, uh, Tetsuo Warakita, like all these guys started getting killed. Chapel Tech is working his way to UPS. A simple idea, but it was like you know you had your two main heels. And one heel is just cutting us like it's like Jason Voorhees in Freddy versus Jason as he's burning down the field, coming, just murdering everybody. And you could just see him on a direct path for the match with UPS. It was like, oh, man, no one. They don't get to touch nothing. Just that one match. It was so crazy. We're building this. I'm like, this is so intense. <laughs> and they had to meet at the paper view. Yes. pay-per-view but well, we also had one the called pay-per-view. the program like the not, program the program yep. you know but we had fun ass i'll tell you right now man that was a lot of fun and then what happens is yeah uh, i mean we we had we had rules for 
Battle, Battle Royals. Royal, we had a Royal Rumble rule. We had extreme extreme matches, hardcore matches. We had all sorts of crap that we did. We came up with all kinds of rules, and it really never evolved much more than a bunch of pieces of paper. Um, you know, some some we had, we had three way dances. We had yeah. like we. I mean, it was crazy, and it's all numbers based. It's all numbers driven. And then Bob was trying to come up with characters where he reversed the character. So like the yeah. character was like had all his power moves in the front and his easy moves at the back, trying to like you know like sabermetrics the system. It was crazy. <laughs> like it was absolutely nuts. And you think about it, like it's so math nerd, like you know kind of stuff. But it's like that's what games are. Like like any good game, I don't care what the game. It could be D and D. It can be you know Stratomatic baseball. It could be any of those things, right? Any good game has to go through development. You just can't, you know, half-ass, like, here's a half-ass game. I mean, when, when a game is not done well, you know, you can kind of tell, you're like, oh, they kind of skimped on this, huh? You know? Like, we really put a lot of time and effort into this, and it got to the point where we were thinking up wrestlers, right, kind of create these characters. And not like we had, like, 60, 70 wrestlers. We only had a handful. We had 20 guys, you know, kind of thing that we came up with. Because some guys were just, we, we had we had straight-up jobbers. Sandy yeah. Beach. Uh, job Ham and Egger. What? Ham, Ham, and, Ham and Egger. Ham and Egger. Yes. <laughs> we, we had we had jobbers, right? But you know, you had to like figure out, like you know, Luke had guys that made sense. Like, huh? This guy is, you know, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Steve Robinson Esquire. Like he's a South yeah. African, you know, whatever. And this guy, and then he's like, teamed up with this guy, who's a, the supreme fighter. Well, why? Because they're yep. heel. Because that's the way heel t- uh, stables were built. It's just old school. <laughs> I mean, Rick Roma was not my most original idea ever, yeah. <laughs> um, but he got beat. So you know, um, and, and, and that's where yeah, that's God, that... where uh, Cheetah Master, that was Christine's only in, only addition to that. Remember, she made Cheetah. Well, I want to make Cheetah yes. Master because she thought he was really cute. When we actually saw the real Cheetah Master. So we made Cheetah Master. Yeah. She's like, I want him to win every match. And I'm like, that's not how this works. There's yeah, that's not how wrestling involved. works. Yeah. Unless you're Triple really... H. Yeah. It's a Triple well. H, yeah. So, anyway. Sorry. Didn't mean to tangent off on our... No, but that's the great, great email from yeah. uh, Gene Gene, the podcasting machine. Go yes. check out his shows. Thank you very much, Gene. I uh, hope hope you continue listening and continue to to send in your feedback. You know, always good to get send old school in. fans. Reach out and touch us mm. <laughs> digitally. Mm, digital <laughs> touching. Mm. Digital touching. They make apps for that now. Yeah, but, they uh, do. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Uh, we are there. We are there. Did you not? St- you can see the thing. Where okay. Like- all right. All right. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna nip this in the bud right here. Let's go to our next email. Oh, I got. I think it. you've got this one, Jay. Yeah. It's from Luke Morris. Luke Morris is uh, I'm uh, Luke and I. Well, well, my brother Luke and I. Uh, like I said, we play, play a game called Go Fight Pow um, that my buddy Eric uh, created. And Luke, I know Luke through the boards. I know Luke through Phil Singer. I know Luke through years of gaming stuff. So he writes um, and is, it says, "Get back to the wrestling podcast." Just started listening from the links provided at the Go Fight Pow uh, website. Haven't fully caught up yet, but enjoyed what I've listened to so far. Episode 4, Missed Video Games. The NES Tecmo World Wrestling. Okay, so let me just stop there. I have never heard of that game, so either one of you ever heard of it? No. Yeah, I don't know that one. I know know Tecmo Bowl, but I don't know know Tecmo Tecmo World Wrestling. I know Tecmo Bowl. (laughs) Oh, everybody knows Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo Super Bowl. (laughs) That's right. Christian Okoye, take that. Anyway, 
So NES Tecmo World Wrestling had a decent lineup. Some fighters you could tell had influence from real wrestlers. Tom had uh, could be harsh, but not unbeatable. Had training to build up your fighter, specialty moves, an announcer calling the fight, and cutscenes from for special moves. It would have been cool to see a sequel. I've never heard of this. I'm sorry, Luke. Yeah. I'm not trying to be. Uh, you know, I've never heard of well, this game. It sounds cool though, but I we didn't have yeah. Nintendo, so you know, you know what this sounds like? It doesn't it sound a lot like pro wrestling? It's uh, oh, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. It's pretty decent graphics for the NES. And we okay, get so a... it's better than pro wrestling with their giant heads and little tiny bodies. So, yes. Um. Well, you know what? I'm I'm gonna have to watch, watch a YouTube video or something. This it sounds really cool. Yeah, that sounds. I've cool. never I've never heard of this one. Yeah, and I, oh, think, yeah, I think I think it's well, yeah. It's like Jay says, we never had an NES, so we weren't really hip to that scene. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I might have to uh, check this out at some point with emulation. So Luke continues. Uh, PSX Power Move Pro Wrestling. I don't know what PSX stands for. That PlayStation. Uh, PSX is PlayStation. It's PlayStation, PlayStation One. Okay, sorry. Now I do I do know Power Move Pro Wrestling. This one I I do remember seeing. Mm-hmm. So. It says, uh, okay, he goes on. I believe it was originally a New Japan uh, pro wrestling game before getting ported to the U.S. However, the characters they changed some of the wrestlers to were, however, the characters they changed some of the wrestlers to were fun. It might not have been as popular as WWE Attitude due to the no creative character or WWF fighters, but the system was much better. It worked off a rock, paper, scissor approach. Body parts had hit points. So if you hit a lot of arm moves, your opponent would start showing damage, etc. Was Ooh. fun. Yeah, it sounds good. Was fun, and I think there was a New Japan sequel for it. Um, the, let me just read the last line here. It says, "Going to see if I can get Rampage to work on my Raspberry Pi running nice. Retro Pi." I have a Raspberry <laughs> Pi sitting downstairs that I've never actually you know, put the, put it all together. Stuff. If I can get if you can get your Raspberry Pi to run um, Rampage Wrestling, then I might be worth spending some time this summer. Get my my <laughs> Or Raspberry Pi up and running, because I love me some Rampage. Yeah, I've never heard of Got Power a... Move Pro Wrestling. I mean, obviously, it sounds cool. I, um, I, remember, yeah, I remember Power Move Pro Wrestling from, like, because I never, I didn't have a PlayStation until much later. Mm-hmm. But I remember reading about that one in, in like, the Next Gen, um, I think it might have been Next Gen Magazine, actually, the oh, okay. which was, I want to say, Game Players, mm-hmm. uh, PlayStation, and Sega Saturn. Um, magazine. I, I, so I remember that one, and I, and I think I think Luke is right. I want to say that was a New Japan game that sure. got localized early on in the PlayStation uh, life cycle uh, before, like WCW versus the World and those other mm-hmm. games that started coming out. So yeah, that that you know, there's Natsume put out one. I think it was called Natsume Pro Wrestling on the on the uh, Super Nintendo, which is kind of in a similar boat where it was clearly a Japanese game, but they didn't have the license to use the Japanese stuff in the U.S. No, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. So it you know so so it became this generic style game. And what's interesting also about the body, he says the body parts had hit points. It's it's not um, it's not visibly evident. It's behind behind the scenes, but that's the way Fire Pro also works. Yes. If you continue to, you know, when you build a character in Fire Pro, you do, you know, head strength, arm strength, body strength, leg strength, so that when that's how resilient those parts of the body are to getting attacked. And the more you get attacked at a certain part, the weaker it gets and the more likely you are to get injured or to have a move reversed. So very cool to see that in a in a in a different uh, game other than Fire Pro as well, which is really cool. One thing I always like about the Japanese games, they tend 
not always, but they do tend to treat pro wrestling like a legitimate combat sport. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. And so to me, it makes the games more fun because it's like you got to actually try and, you know, think like you're actually trying to fight, not, you know, not ne- not not necessarily use pro wrestling logic. Sometimes you got to use, you know, actual fight logic, except in like audience mode in Fire Pro when you got to use pro wrestling logic, but, right. you know. <laughs> very cool. Good email. Thank you very much, Luke. Okay, very, I'm you, definitely going to look up that, that, that Tecmo World Wrestling. Definitely yeah. going to look that up on, on the YouTube. Yeah. On the YouTube. The YouTube? <laughs> on the you and me tube. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Her name is Sony. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. I have our next email, and uh, my email comes from Russell Bragg, well-known emailer. Russell Bragg, also host of the DC Comics Present show. And uh, Russell Bragg writes with the subject, get back to the wrestling, which I'm sure what everyone is saying as they listen to email after email, like get back to the wrestling already. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Russell writes, hi, guys. First time emailer, long time listener. I need a moo. Uh, If you guys listen to John Boy and Billy, every time first time caller, (laughs) that might be a little a little regional. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, what Taz would say if he's like, uh, yeah. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Right the yam bags! He would make the sound of someone <laughs> kicked in the nuts. Right the yam bag shot from the... T- yam bag. Yam bag. Sorry. I guess they didn't have the big flag at the flag store. But, uh... <laughs> there's a deep cut. Oh. If anybody remembers that, Sarita and Rosita with the big flag. Um, uh, Russell continues, I was ecstatic to find a wrestling podcast on the Two True Freaks Network. The late 80s WWF time period is my sweet spot. Mm. I found the podcast and was caught up. All of a sudden, I was four episodes behind. I don't know what happened. However, I am caught up now. Yeah, things happen with podcasts. I was all caught up on, like, the Friday before we're recording this, and by, like, Tuesday, I had eight episodes. Like, what the hell? What happened? I was all caught up. But <laughs> long pants. I wear long pants. But uh, however, I am caught up now and hope to be able to find the time to write about each episode in due time. Nice. My wrestling history is as follows. My mom didn't understand why I wanted to watch, so I pretty much had to sneak in my viewing. So my understanding of what was going on wasn't very concrete. Sounds like me in most of my adult life right there. <laughs> mm, yeah, skull I'm in that boat, too. Yeah, enough enough blows to the head. I always said my autobiography was going to be called Kicked in the Head, but, you know. Uh, Russell continues, the first thing I remember seeing was the Macho Man versus George the Animal Steel with George's crush on Elizabeth. Once I got to college and could watch what I wanted when I found a week, but when I could watch what I wanted is when I found a weekly dose of primetime wrestling with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Nice. Good stuff. Okay, so... We're, I'm starting not to cut you off. Right? We'll pick it no, up jump in, yeah. Primetime wrestling, while it did not always show the best matches, was just gold for Gorilla and yeah. Bobby. Like, yeah. the, 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 um, I, I did uh, um, an episode of um, Monster Kid Radio where we talked about Samson versus the Vampire Women. And I had said to Derek, I said, you know, I found like my, my teaching voice and my podcasting voice, it's all the same kind of voice. I said, I found it from pro wrestling and, and Mr. Shine's Zero 2000, right? And the idea being is, I think a lot of what I do in class is really Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Like, I think that's like when, I, when, like when I'm teaching or when I'm doing it, it's a lot of Bobby Heenan. 
And then I mix and grill a monsoon when I need to be serious because that's the serious part. Right. But it's all the like smart ass Bobby Heenan. That's what it is. Like, I, I'm thinking, like, maybe it's Jesse Ventura. I mean, there's some Ventura in there, but it's a lot of Bobby Heenan because he was yeah. – I mean, Bobby Heenan's amazing. Like, it even even when he was sick and stuff like that, he would just – he just fast on the th- – he, like, hit you with one-liners. You're like, damn, this guy's good. And in and, and yeah. primetime wrestling, the oh, when they're trying to find Andre the Giant, when they're in the woods – Oh my God! And he goes, "Look, there's banana peels. He must be here." He goes, "Those are the same banana peels from before, Brain." And it just, it's just the insanity. Like, no, what the, are we the wise, the, the the bit I love in that. He says, "Don't you think a gorilla would recognize his own banana peels?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, and it's just with Bobby Heenan, be like, "I'm making a phone call. Got you stop. You know." The would you stop, which I mean, at the end of like, you know, every boss bugs and babes and this, and the would you stop, like the, just their, their interaction is so great. And I'm not saying that I don't love gorilla and Jesse Ventura together at WrestleMania because those were outstanding too, but gorilla and Bobby Heenan, like catching lightning in a bottle right there. Cause like, you yeah. know, you know, I mean, there was a lot of different pairings. Like, you know, you had, you know, McMahon with Ventura and whatever, but man, they were so good together. And I mean, they mm-hmm. loved each other. I mean, you could just tell they had a lot of respect and love for each other. But they were so funny. And the best is when when Heenan would actually crack up uh, Gorilla when he would do something, and Gorilla would just start laughing because he like, oh crap! And they would just roll with it. Be like, and Gorilla's like, "Would you stop?" And then you just see him laughing. You're just like, "Oh my god, he got him!" You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh no, but uh, but Russell continues. I found WCW in the early '90s. Don't remember my first memories for that. Probably the Black Scorpion, but not sure. <laughs> the Black Scorpion. Oh, my God. Can we ever get away from this guy? I love the Black Scorpion. That was my tweet the other day. And I said, yeah. I said we are here. We, no, do, you know, we here at Get Back to Wrestling are doing the best we can to get the next, uh, next episode out, even though the best episode of Black Scorpion. And I found a still of the Black Scorpion. And I, I was trying to find a little clip. I'm going, Sting. What is, is that Ole Anderson? Is that Ole Anderson? Like, that no. Ole Anderson? Is that no, Al I'm Perez? Not, I'm not Ole. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not get the Ultimate Warrior? Uh, no. So. No. <laughs> you can make a large volume of guesses, thus producing certain economies. No. Uh, <laughs> Russell continues. Uh, and, and this this next line. Is 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 wonderful, and I don't mean I mean that completely yeah, unironically. Yeah. No, this is a complete shoot. I love this next sentence that Russell has. I was pretty much alone with my wrestling fandom until I got married. My wife Amanda is also a wrestling fan. That is fantastic. I yeah, do. That is lucky. great. Yeah. You're very lucky. We have books, DVD and Blu-ray sets, WWE Network, and wrestling figures in, a co- in our collection. Nice. I'll watch. I'll watch from time to time now, but I personally think Monday Night Raw is too long. From your lips to Vince McMahon's ears, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know, Vince McMahon goes on and says, "I think a football game at three hours is too long." It's like, really, really, <laughs> your your primary sports your your primary sports programming at three hours is too long. You're yep. saying this with a straight face. Yep. <laughs> you know, at least Nitro was three hours. It was interesting, but yeah. that's neither there here nor there. There was a lot on Nitro. They used to get a, yeah. like 60 people would wrestle on that show some nights. Yeah, you know? 40 of them in that opening match right. for the Cruiserweights. Right. The cruiserweight but... match with 40 guys. <laughs> <laughs> Russell continues. Yeah. Who are you to question El Dandy? You know, but uh, 
There are too many pay-per-views, amen to that, and there really isn't a wrestler I care that much about these days, maybe AJ Styles. That's my wrestling story. It probably doesn't compare to any of yours, but I guess it's not a competition. We're all on the same team. Just wanted you guys to know I was listening and that I'm thoroughly enjoying your podcast, signed Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. And yes, absolutely. First off, thank you very much for writing in, Russell. And yes, it's not a competition. Wrestling, I, I said this uh, very recently on Earth Destruction Directive. The show is for everyone. It's not a, you know, I, I'm, I'm not into this us versus them stuff with the, you know, the exception of like, if you think that, you know, uh, that some team is better than Gallows and Anderson, then I've got a real problem with you. But other than that, you know, or if you got if you got something bad to say to like Tito Santana, I'm not to tolerate that shit. But as far as, but but no, but rest, but wrestling is for everyone, and the podcast is for everyone. Whether you know, it's like it, it, if you started watching wrestling, you know, at WrestleMania this year, and that was your first time watching wrestling, and you're interested, in it, you're more than welcome. Everybody's welcome. Wrestling is this universal thing that appeals to people of every size and shape and age and color and it does you know it crosses all these boundaries so i love getting people's stories who are different now a lot of people's stories are kind of similar to ours because we're all around the same age Uh but i know we must have listeners that are older and listeners that are younger that have different experiences and that that's one of the things that i think makes wrestling great is that it's this touchstone certain things about wrestling never change you know, yeah. my wife's grandfather, who passed away a few years ago, that's what him and I used to talk about, you know, was was wrestling because it, it was, you know, he, he used to watch wrestling growing up on like the DeMont network and stuff, you know, and, and still watched wrestling, uh, you know, up, up after, you know, after my wife and I had started dating. So that's what we talked about. That's it's this universal thing. So I, I and, 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 you know, like you said, uh, hero, Russell, you're very lucky to have a, uh, a significant other that appreciates and likes pro wrestling. Not all, not everybody has that, and it, it's a great thing. I, I always like, like when I go to like a Ring of Honor show, you'll see the the couples that are there as couples. Yeah. And and actually, just a couple of weeks ago, as we're recording this, there was a whole big thing where now if you go to a Ring of Honor show, the Bullet Club closes out the show after the main event. They'll come out, and the Bucks will be filming for being the elite, and Hangman Page and Cody and uh, Marty Scurll and all them will come out. Well, they did an and Marty Skrull will sing a lot of the times. Well, they did an elaborate thing where one of the one of the guys at the show got in touch with them and worked out this whole thing where Bullet Club helped him propose to his girlfriend in the mm-hmm. ring. That's awesome. And and it's like and then uh, I, I, I forget what Skrull Skrull started serenading him and all that. So it was just a great. You can find it. Go to like Cage Side Seats or anything, and you can find it. You know, Bullet Club proposal or whatever. But. You know, having someone you can share it with, whether it's a significant other or just, you know, uh, a buddy or whatever, really, that, that that's a great thing. It's one thing to be alone in your fandom. But it's another thing to have somebody to call or hit on Messenger. It's like, oh, my God, did you see that? They let Roman Reigns kick out again, you know. But- <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you say that because what happens is uh, we have, you know, pulled the curtain back a little bit. Um, obviously, Luke, Chris, and I are on the vault, you know, with uh, Chris Honeywell. And Honeywell's not a wrestling fan at all. But we'll sometimes talk wrestling on the vault chat. You know what I'm saying? And Honeywell yeah. kind of just rolls with it, which is funny. But it's like there are times when it's like 40 or 50 back and forths, and it's all pro wrestling. <laughs> and, you know, Chris is probably like, all right, 
roll through that, roll through that, because he doesn't yeah. shit, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it's just funny, because it'll just go on, especially, like, at a pay-per-view, where, like, WrestleMania was the worst, because WrestleMania was, like, 11 and a half hours. So oh, it was God. back yeah. and forth, back and forth. All of us just like I think on I think on the West Coast it's actually still going on, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, no, but it's but it's great. And you know the nice thing is, in, um, you know, having, uh, you know, I mean, my daughter loves wrestling, uh, kind of thing. We've said that before. My wife tolerates wrestling. She doesn't love wrestling, but she tolerates it enough. She likes watching it. Um, she definitely likes when John Cena takes his shirt off. Um, she, she watches. Who doesn't? Yeah, well, Who doesn't? I think, but, but I'm, dude, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm secure enough in my masculinity to say, I, yeah, Jesus Christ, he looks amazing. I wish I could look Not that good. Not just that though. How does he do that? He whips it off. Like he, he, he grabs his With arm. those lats, I don't know how he That's does it That's what I'm saying. Like he's, he's got like, like he's, I mean, it's not like he's a little, it's not like Daniel Bryan's taking off like a, a men's 3XL. Like this is, <laughs> he, this shirt is like sprayed on him and he whips it off. I'm like, I want to learn how to do that. Like we, Haley and I worked on that one whole summer, and we only managed to do it with <laughs> each other in the face. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but like Kelly, you know, likes wrestling enough, but she loves going to the events. If I say to Kelly, we're going to a Ring of Honor event, she loves going to Ring of Honor, right? I mean, as it is, I'm telling you, somewhere in Japan, there is a tape, uh, and I don't know, whatever, but we, we went and saw Kenta take on Joe, right? So it was Kaba- Joe versus Kabashi. And if you've never seen Kenta Kabashi and Samoa Joe have their match, it's on YouTube. There's no commentary because there's no commentary on the DVD. It is two men nearly cutting each other in half with chops. It is insane. But Ken Tigabashi is walking in, and everyone there is like, everyone's eyes get like giant, like we're anime, right? Like, oh my God, it's, it's a legend, Ken Tigabashi. And Kelly tried as hard as she could to get him to smile. She could not get him to smile, right? Samoa Joe comes in, she couldn't get him to smile. So Kelly. My wife's infinite, you know, she does this. She fell asleep in a porthole of a ship. I mean, my wife can just go to sleep anywhere. She's sitting on the ground. I mean, there's got to be 200 grown-ass men standing there all wearing black shirts, right, waiting to get into the ROH. She sits on the ground in, in the New York hotel and goes to sleep. Well, the guy who's with Kent Kabashi's filming all this. But he found Kelly sleeping very interesting. And he filmed her <laughs> a whole bunch from all different angles. Her, I mean, Kelly's. Like, ow. I mean, like, no, I'm not kidding. And I'm like, can't wake up. Can't wake up. This is weird. Like, and Kenji Kabashi <laughs> kind of is there. I mean, Kenji Kabashi is a huge man. Anyway, uh, I'm just saying. But, I mean, but you know, it's sometimes it's too. It's the idea of, like, if you have someone who's not really into wrestling, a live event can get you hooked. Like, that's one of the things. I'm not, I'm not talking about necessarily how to be, like, a WWE, you know, you know pay-per-view. Because I've never, I mean, I've only been to one pay-per-view ever. And that was in Albany with my buddy Steve. Um, you know, kind of thing, which was freaking awesome. Uh, but the, you know, it is crazy to that. And we go to Raw's, but a local indie show, something along those lines might get someone who's kind of on the fence interested in wrestling. Because remember, wrestling isn't just Vince McMahon's constant garbage that they roll out there for, you know, what, five hours on Mondays and Tuesdays. There's other wrestling, you know, I mean, like Luke's talking about Ring of Honor and, and you know, the Bucks and stuff like that. And, and, and the Bullet Club. I mean, the Bullet Club is a whole different level of where wrestling can go on the indie circuit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they, they, they did a 30,000 seat arena. No, right? no, no. 10,000 seat arena. 10,000 seat arena. Excuse me, not 30,000. Excuse me. Yeah. 30,000. 30,000 would have been really freaking impressive. Well, 10, even for them. I got it. 10,000 is insane. Right. It's insane for a show that is promoted by just by them. There's no, no promotion. Right. No, no, no ring of honor is not involved. Nobody. It's just Cody and the bucks. Yeah. 
promoting well, this show. It now looks like Ring of Honor now is going to be working out a deal with them. Um, cause no, they, well, what, yeah, what it looks like Ring of Honor is going to broadcast it, but right. it's not going to be branded a Ring of yes, Honor show. But that's the whole thing. Yeah. They're going to work things out, which means there might be some Ring of Honor talent shared with them at no cost to the right. boys, because it's all about the boys. There's also another rumor that since it's in Chicago, there might be a guest appearance there, but they don't want to say anything. I'll tell you right now, if CM Punk shows up at, at uh, you know, um, all, what, what, what all, in. all in, all in, uh, yeah. it will break everything because the, there is, there is very few guys right now that, I mean, Luke and I were talking about this before WrestleMania, like, or not WrestleMania, excuse me, the Royal Rumble. If they want to have, Rumble. you know, the men's thing, like who could be the last guy? And I said, it could be CM Punk. And Luke goes, be better if it was big show dresses, CM Punk, which is <laughs> funny. Um, but there is nobody else. There's no, there's no other get. There's nobody. I don't care if Cody Rhodes showed up in WE. There's no one WE right now could get that would get the reaction that CM Punk would get. It's oh, just, yeah. you know, because people now realize, man, we really had something good here. And now he's gone because they took it for granted. But I was watching the other day stuff. It was like the, the, the I got a Blu-ray real cheap of the, the best matches of like a few years ago. I was like, you know, maybe, well, maybe a few years ago, like three years ago, whatever. And it's John Cena versus CM Punk. And you're like, this match, I mean, I don't remember. Like, I'm watching, like, this is so good. Like, generally CM Punk, great. He's doing all his stuff. It's when Heyman's with him. And Cena's doing his stuff. And, you know, it's all about Cena being way bigger and way stronger. And, but the crowd is white hot. Like, where's that crowd? Like, the only time yeah. the crowd gets hot now is when they have a food fight and, and Rhino's <laughs> eating bologna sandwiches. You know? <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not that's not true. They also get really hot when Jinder Mahal comes out and beats Roman Reigns. They get really <laughs> hot for that. Oh, yeah. I, I love so, it. They finally figured out a way to get you, – you, you do not hinder gender. They finally figured out a way to get Jinder yeah, Mahal over, only, except it's as a baby face, yeah. by having him fight Roman Reigns. Right, but. yeah. Right. Jinder <laughs> Mahal, the heel, gets over with a baby face reaction, beating up the top baby face in the company. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I, you got problems. You got problems, I, WB. Yeah. I'm just saying. Luke and I, we were saying this before, you know, having Jim Cornette, you know, book – like. It's, I mean, and I don't, it doesn't have to be Jim Cornette. It just has to be anyone but Vince booking this stuff because I think Triple H understands that it can't be this anymore. <laughs> it just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you guys ever watch NXT, but like down there where it's clearly, um, uh, Matt Bloom, um, what tells his name? Uh, A train. Yeah. Al, Albert. Prince Albert, right? It's Albert yeah. and there's the other guys who are a part of this. Right. And Triple H oversees the whole thing. They get it. Like yeah. people are like, oh, the uh, the the Gargano Tommaso Ciampa match went too long. Fine. You can complain about the match going too long, but I'll be hard pressed to tell me that the NXT pay-per-view that was on, um, which had the, the ladder match. I mean, every match oh, was insane. Was awesome. Dude, my body awesome hurt after the ladder match. I got up and I'm rubbing my knees. Kelly's like, you okay? I'm like, my, my body hurts from watching that. Like, it was insane, yeah. right? That was, that was, uh, yeah, I, watching that one. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't watch Mania until a week later. And I was right. like, you know what? I'm going to watch NXT. Yeah. Hmm, this is great. Right. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, but the, I mean, the, the, every NXT show, and NXT has the advantage of, um, I mean, 
it's a smaller arena. You get, you know, the, the crowd is always super hot for them. Like they're able to do these kind of things that, that, that the main show. And I, I, I understand WrestleMania is not a wrestling show anymore. WrestleMania is an entertainment show. It's all yeah. about entertainment. I get that. But it doesn't mean that you can't have wrestling on it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, th- I mean, oh, whatever. I mean, saying is, I mean, walk through the crowd, go find the referee's kid. And that's that's what I think ruins that entire angle. It's the, ref- it's the referee's kid that he goes and gets. He should have got the kid who was inducted the Hall of Fame. The little... I think what ruined that entire angle is that there was a kid in a tag team no, no. match. But I'm saying is, but <laughs> yeah, period, yes, end of discussion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, but if they had gotten, you, you, you've... but if they yeah. had gotten Jarius, whatever, the little, you know, he, he, I mean, he's up there j- jucking and jiving and you know dancing and everything. He could have been on the ring doing all that stuff, right? And Braun Strowman was like, yeah, let's do this. And Braun Strowman just beats the crap out of your top tag team because you're going to let it happen anyway. Why yeah. did Roman Reigns I, walk 40 miles to get the freaking kid who I thought was a girl at first? I did too. So. You know, <laughs> what's your name? See, Nicholas? I, Nicholas? <laughs> I have See, school I, tomorrow. I, I can't be tag champion. What? It, it, I gotta be like is as nice as it must have been for that kid. But great, whatever. And, and WWE does a ton of stuff for Make a Wish and everything. It's but he great. wasn't a Make a Wish kid. That's I know. Problem. It, <laughs> it, yeah, but one of your top over guys in the company, and he's saddling with that match as the penultimate match of WrestleMania. Yeah, well, that yeah, <laughs> that anyway. should have been the first match if you were gonna do that. No, like, it couldn't have to be well, the first match because they had to have six matches on during the pre-show. Like you have uh, titles defended in the pre-show. We have they're hyping this women's battle royal. Put it on the pre-show. Let's get this thing on. Anyway, I I still think Jay had the right idea. His partner should have been Kurt Hawkins. Oh my god! And then have Strowman lay out Hawkins yes. before the match. Yes. And then have Hawkins go around boasting about being a two-time, two-time, yeah. two-time world tag team champion. I think, I think they totally missed the boat on that. Because he threw Hawkins through the wall, right, the week before, uh, well, the, the, the fake wall, right? And I'm like, you yeah. missed your opportunity. It could have been Kurt Hawkins. And Harkar was like, yeah, let's do this. He's like, I don't need you. Bam! Out goes Kurt Hawkins. Like, sack of potatoes out. You know, just laying there. And then when the match is over, you know, like, I mean, Kurt Hawkins just kind of, like, slumps off and, like, he's laying there. And have Braun Strowman just drop a belt on him and walk away. The crowd would have been red hot for that because it's funny as hell. And then, yeah. then well, again, be- plus it would have made Hawkins. I said two-time world tag team champion. So <laughs> it would have been really funny if then what do you call? Because then Kurt Hawkins could then lord that over uh, Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder, you know? <laughs> and then you totally could do like you know somebody wants to do all their their social media. Be like, oh look at that, Zach, my second world title. You don't have one of those. I'm gonna come <laughs> get you, and then and then you build an instant feud right there. I will say this, and then we'll get, well, you know, I will try and get back on topic somewhat here. Is that when they were at when they were at the Coliseum when they were in Long Island? Yeah. On ma- uh, main event, that that was the match was Ryder and Hawkins on main event. So that that's another thing you could check out on the network, because two of my two guys I am big fans of, legitimately without irony, are Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. So it was just good to see them two 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 guys from New York, two guys two island guys getting to work at the Nassau Coliseum against each other. That was, that was really cool to see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like both those guys too. I like them as a tag team. I like them. I mean, the edgehead thing was fine. I, mean, I liked them when they were the major brothers. Like they, they, I mean, they had a good look and stuff, but I mean, you know, I mean, Kurt Ryan, you know, you know, I mean, Kurt Hawkins, you know, just, uh, 
you know, I mean, he's the, he's like the, the king of the jobbers. Like he's the, you know, which is the funniest part of the world. You know, like Iron Mike Sharp used to be back in the day and stuff like that. And then Zack Ryder, woo, woo, woo. I mean, talk about a guy, give you nothing. And he turns it into like being the most over guy. I mean, there was a point when he's teaming with John Cena in the main event of Raw. And you're like, yeah. this guy. I mean, <laughs> did he wrestle for the world title? And he like almost won it. You're like, holy crap, let him win this. Like the crowd shits on him losing. They're like, are you kidding? I'm like, no, they want this. Like, I know people are like, oh, it's stupid. They wanted it. Even if he lost the belt down like in a week or whatever, you got to sometimes give the fans what they want. Otherwise, they're going to just keep shitting on things. It, wrestling, it shouldn't be a comedy show the whole time, right? People shouldn't be like, yeah. eh, whatever, yeah. Yeah. you know, and fuck Roman Reigns, you know, kind of think what's going to happen anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to spear you through the cage. And then my feet will be won't be on the ground, but then I should have won because it's not fair. Great, Roman, you fucked up again. Okay, if, if you if you sorry, if you, I, I feel if you I feel like we need I feel like we need Triple H to come out with somebody dressed as Roman Reigns holding a basketball. Oh, you dropped the ball again, Roman. <laughs> well, I'm just saying is if, if you haven't seen the Greatest Royal Rumble, um, when he speed when they go through the cage, Roman's head hits. I thought he broke his neck and died because he went completely limp. And I'm like, oh, shit, he just died. And they're not even in America. How did they get that body back? So because uh, <laughs> I guarantee you Brock Lesnar would have thrown the dead body off and be like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. Because Brock Lesnar would give a fuck about you or your life or nothing. He cares about his boys and Sable and being in the woods where there's no phone. That's what he cares about. So. I do have a great picture somewhere of Brock Lesnar eating a giant plate of hamburgers. So, oh you know, there's that. <laughs> mm, I could reenact that for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, well, before you do that, Hero, why don't you why don't you go to our next email here? All right, <clears throat> this is from Chuck Rodriguez, great friend of the Two True Freaks Network. Well, you know something, Jason Luke and Hero. <laughs> my memories of WrestleMania 4 are renting it from the video store and being amazed that it took two VHS tapes to hold all the action. The action? Wow. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Technically. It, it, did take, it, it is a double VHS, by the way. That's actually true. It is. Yes. It, that was that was a big selling point of this, actually, was that um, you know, you'd rent it, you'd get both tapes, and you have all for one price. That was WE purposely put it on two tapes. There was the Coliseum release was on two tapes because they wanted to make it bigger than life. Bruce Pritchard talks about this on his Something to Wrestle with podcast about they really want to make this the bigger than life show. It's bigger than everything. It's bigger than WrestleMania three. It's the biggest WrestleMania ever. I mean, it sucks, but it's the biggest WrestleMania <laughs> of all time. And they, that's what they were doing. Like they tried to make it that way. Sorry. True. So, yeah. I believe the VHS box even had a fold out picture of Hulk Hogan. Well, of course it would have. It was. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, the guy who didn't win. Got it. <laughs> great great marketing there i wasn't able to watch pay-per-views when i was younger because we just didn't have the means to do so so i would have to wait until they came out on vhs so i could rent them usually a month later as a kid i was excited for wrestlemania 4 because the big controversy that had forced jack tunney to create the tournament had started in my own backyard i'll never forget it friday february 5th 1988 market square arena in indianapolis indiana my city my home it was the first time that WWF was doing a major event here, and not only that, but it was going to be the epic 
WrestleMania 3 rematch between Hulk and Andre. I couldn't wait. And, of course, I wasn't able to get tickets. <laughs> In fact, I wasn't able to finally see a live WWF show until after WrestleMania 4 when Savage and DiBiase were having their rematches. No matter, I would be able to watch it live on NBC. Wrong. It was blacked out in the immediate Indianapolis area. No! No! Young, <laughs> young me just couldn't catch a break. The upside was that it was actually covered on our local news. So I got the results from there and learned of the miscarriage of justice that had taken place. Sadly, this would also cause me to believe that wrestling results would regularly show up on the news since it was a quote-unquote sport. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm just going to jump in here real quick. I remember when in WCW, when was it Hogan and Carl Malone fought? Yes. Oh no, Hogan and Dennis Rodman fought. Um, DDP. Who was who was and DDP, DDP and Carl Malone? That was on Sports Center. And they had it on Sports Center, and they actually put you know Hogan slash Rodman D. You know, <laughs> they put it like a tennis result. <laughs> they showed highlights and ran it on the ticker, and every go was amazing. <laughs> so, all right, where were we? Ah, my young, clueless 13 year old self. I was finally able to catch the main event the following night on a taped replay. I was heartbroken and devastated. Now, all eyes were focused on WrestleMania 4 and seeing Hogan regain his title. However, I will admit to maybe becoming a bit more of a Macho Man fan by this point. Well, the cream does always rise to the top, Chuck. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was happy and maybe a little surprised by the end result. My best friend and I were very into the Mega Powers, but to his credit, he started picking up on the seeds of mistrust from the beginning. Listening to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he said they had they subtly began planting those seeds for a heel turn to lead to WrestleMania Five very early on. So him saying that and my friend picking up on it and looking back now, it's all there may lend some credibility to Luke's claim of WrestleMania 3, 4, and 5 being somewhat of a trilogy. As I love this email it, already. This is the greatest email <laughs> ever. You heard it here. You heard it here, yeah. Chuck. This is the greatest email ever. Yes. No, no, the greatest email ever was when Tim Elliott wrote into the vault and said how, what a great artist I was. And I was like, oh, good. We don't have to have another email ever again. Yeah. Stop <laughs> now. Now. I know my favorite email about this. Like, Jay's artwork is amazing. Like, awesome. I am over. We're good. Uh, <laughs> all right. As for the show, it's <laughs> as, as for the show itself. My biggest takeaway, even at my young age, was that it felt really slow and seemed to have a dead crowd. Sure, you weren't watching most recent WrestleMania. Uh, coming off of WrestleMania three, I understand Trump Plaza isn't going to match that kind of crowd response, but it's always seemed like a very quiet show to me. I've read that a lot of that can be contributed to the Trump Plaza crowd who weren't really wrestling fans and also to just fatigue from seeing the same wrestlers over and over. Who really knows? It is a slightly be it is slightly better from WrestleMania 5, so there could be some truth to that. In any event, while I don't think it's the best WrestleMania, it holds a fond place in my heart because of my childhood memories, much like Jason said. As for attending WrestleMania... Well, I have been lucky enough to have been to two, and the experiences were totally different. First was WrestleMania 8 in Indianapolis at the Hoosier Dome. I found out about this roughly a year in advance from a full-page ad in the sports section of the Indianapolis Star. I don't even think the WWF mentioned the location until maybe after around the 92 Rumble. 
My ticket cost $40 and was on the floor, on risers and several rows away from the ring. And there was no week-long celebration. It started at 4 p.m. and was done by 8 p.m. with an intermission. It was fun. It was a fun time, but it felt like a house show on a much bigger scale. The live crowd didn't get all the interviews and other packages that were shown on TV, so there was a lot of downtime. Just like any sporting event, a lot of downtime when you're there live. For WrestleMania 24 in Orlando, my wife and I purchased a travel package that provided hotel accommodations, tickets to WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame, Universal Studios where fan access was being held, as well as passes for meet and greets with a few wrestlers. Gates opened at 6 p.m., and people were tailgating from 10 a.m. that morning. Ooh, talk about getting lubed up early. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Clemson football game here. <laughs> nice. It was crazy, wild, and fun atmosphere. The show was completely different than WrestleMania 8, as you can imagine. Now, we got to see all the backstage stuff, and there was no intermission or downtime, and everything seemed much more epic in scale. Bottom line. Both were great experiences, and I advise anyone to try to attend a WrestleMania if you get the chance. You're bound to have a fun and memorable experience. Who knows, you may even enjoy WrestleMania while you're at it. LOL. All right, I've rambled long enough, and I apologize if I've hijacked the show with this long email. I love what you guys are doing and look forward to future episodes. Chuck Rodriguez. Well, thank you, Chuck. Uh, that's uh, that's a great point about um just what the experience can be if if you're at anything with a dead crowd it's gonna it's gonna kill it um and i haven't been to i haven't been to mania i've been to a couple of pay-per-views in at the garden the new garden not the original garden unfortunately boston garden folks sorry not the real garden no no see when somebody says the garden they know it's in boston (laughs) the garden is in new york with madison square garden where which is the heart of the north of the New York Territory. We, we all know that there is no such thing as a garden in New York. It's all, it's all New York City. There are no gardens there. You know, New York City has one of the largest gardens in, in the United States with Central Park Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is – there's a shoot. There's a shoot. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, – it is a, it is a different experience when you when you're at a show and everybody's amped up. It's it's fantastic, um, even if it's not completely sold out. Like a couple of the ones I've been to at the Boston Garden, it's like yeah, you're getting moved from your cheap seats to better seats because we couldn't fill them. Like all right, yeah, they gotta, they gotta yeah. make sure that it looks good on the hard camera. Gotta be on that hard camera side. Yep. Uh, but, it's like uh, Vince's loss is my gain. <laughs> it's like, yeah. sir, are you gonna come with me now? I'll or? take it. I will <laughs> <laughs> I've, see, I've never, I've never been to a, uh, I've never been, I shouldn't say that. I've been to one pay per view, but it was a Ring of Honor pay per view. So I've never been to a WWE, um, WWE, or I never went to any WCW shows because when WCW was still around, I was in South Carolina, but I didn't have a car. Yeah. I was uh. in college, and so they had all these shows in Greenville. It's like they're just like they're like. 40 minutes away. It's like, I can't make it up there. It's true. It would drive me crazy. Every time they'd have the shows at the Bilo Center and all that. But, um, you know, like, like uh, you know, when um, um, Arn Anderson gave his speech, you know, we're, we don't wear white hats. We're not nice guys. When, when Ric Flair came back, that was at the Bilo Center. And I remember watching it thinking, oh, like, God man. damn it. <laughs> That's so close. And I can't make I it up be there. there. <laughs> but... Oh. Um, but no, but you're right about a crowd because I've been to I've, I've been to a few uh, Smackdowns and Raw uh, Raw shows at the um, uh, the Bilo Center, which is in great or is that now called the Bon Secours Wellness Arena. Oh my 
that's and a mouthful. It's like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's a mouthful. They try to call it the well. It's like nobody calls it the well, okay? Yeah. Just forget that. <laughs> but, and but you know, some of those shows I've been to, and they've been, the crowds have been, you know, pretty good, and some of them, the crowds are like, you know, and they couldn't care less. Um, and, you know, it really does make a difference. You know, the last, I think the last show I went to, the it was um, it was leading up to Extreme Rules, and the main event was Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, and that crowd was nuclear hot. You know, the, you had you had the all the kids and the women all cheering for Roman, and then all the smarks cheering for uh, for Seth, and that I mean that was that was one of the hottest crowds I've ever seen ever. You know, so yeah. that that made that that show that much better. That that also had. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor versus um, 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 Bray Wyatt was the the set the 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 card right the match right before it. Those are the five guys in the five way match Extreme Rules, I guess. Right. Yeah. That that year. So so yeah, that helped a lot. But like when we go to like a Ring of Honor show, the crowd is always the crowd is hot, but the crowd is also like this smart mark crowd yeah. that makes obnoxious comments the whole time through. Yeah. So it's like. Like the you know it's like okay we sometimes you're funny but guys you're not the show you know at the same time <laughs> well no, Luke Luke's being but he's 100 percent right the problem is now it doesn't matter where we go we we go to like Northeast Wrestling which is the local promotion around here and they have I mean they have I mean at least that's where we saw Ricochet versus Cody Rhodes in the main event and let's be honest like that's a main event on any show anywhere yeah um but people are in the crowd doing the smart mark shit and then the other half of the crowd is like little kids and people who don't understand it. And I'm sitting with John and, and Kelly and Haley and JT, and I'm like, and JT used to work for WWE um, in their art department, and, and I was asking, like, I was like, you know, I'm interested in this stuff, like, and he, he's like, he's like, oh, it's so boring to talk. I'm like, dude, like, I'm, I'm actually, we've never talked about this because when you were working there, you couldn't talk about it. Now I can ask you these questions, and I'm asking these, th- you know, things, and people are still doing the, like. The next contest is for one fall. One fall. I'm like, shut the fuck up. There's nothing I think that bothers me more than that stupid, like, we want to, it's our show. We're going to hijack this show. The one fall thing. Like, I don't mind if on a two count, everyone goes two. But but every single time, every single time. I mean. Now, the one one that is really a bit out of hand for me is just randomly start chanting B, 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 V, Elite. Oh, it's yes. like we get it. Yes. You love being the elite. We all love being the elite. Those of us who watch being the elite. Yeah. Don't. It, I was like, are the young bucks out here? Yeah. No. Yeah. Stop chanting for the elite. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 we get it. You watched YouTube. We yeah. we get it. Yeah. Well, you know. Like now now I. If, if you think, think about I, it, like at, at at the fright fight, right? When you were there, like remember, yes. like we would we would make comments of like hook the goddamn leg, like because they wouldn't hook the yeah. leg. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Things like that. But it wasn't us trying to be like the show. It was just us making comments on the fact that you're not hooking the goddamn yeah. leg. We're, just, we're watching the show. I do have to say, you can't both tag out with fun and furnace. But the uh, but the greatest comment like that ever I've heard in the last like 10 years at a Ring of Honor show in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, um, the um, um, Caprice Coleman comes out. Yeah. And he's doing, he was doing, he was with them when they were doing, um, the, uh, it was him and the, the all night express were doing one of their, one of their, uh, six man tag gimmick. Right. And, uh, the guy next to me goes, you know, he goes, Caprice Coleman, he's kind of like the poor man's David Otunga, which begs the question, who is the rich man's David Otunga? <laughs> <laughs> the, the best line ever is still, no, the best line ever is still 
Steve and I are in the crowd, and because Sutter didn't show up, we had the signs. This one I would get on TV with the ass sign and everything. And yeah. the Undertaker comes out, and yeah. you know whatever, and and he goes, um, oh, the uh, this little kid, he had to be maybe seven. Steve Austin can't wrestle his neck, and he goes, Dad goes, oh, Steve Austin's hurt. Gosh, you don't know shit about Steve Austin's neck. And I was like, oh my God, he just say that? And Steve walked out so hard for this kid. He's like, he doesn't. And the dad's like, oh no, the Undertaker must be. He goes, Dad, the Undertaker's coming back from the dead. Like, he was like dead serious. But when he said, doctors don't know shit about Steve Austin's neck, the dad's face looked like someone just kicked him straight in the pills. We were just like, oh my God, that's amazing, dude. You are so over. We have That's the, the attitude error right there, man. That's the attitude error. <laughs> no shit about Steve Austin's neck. I was dying. Yeah, I mean, we had what he called, dude. We have, you know, good times doing whatever. I mean, you know, kind of thing. And you, can, it's not that you can't have a good time in the stands. Steve and I were at a pay per view, starting to spread fake rumors. We're standing online waiting to get into the uh, the. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's called the Times Union Center now. It used to be called, you know, the uh, the Pepsi Arena, right? Whatever. Pepsi Arena, right. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to get, we're waiting to get in there, and Steve, start, he and I start spreading fake rumors about what's going to happen on the pay per view. Just like, hey man, did you read what he called? Yeah, I was reading on scoops that this, and I just start fake shit. We had like, but the problem was some of the fake shit we said happened. <laughs> like titles changed hands. Like, dude, did you hear Steve Austin come back? Like, yeah, dude, he's totally fucking. Steve Austin at this point was not supposed to be back for two more months. Fucking Austin drives a monster truck into the building. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! Like, and fucking Cactus Jack wins the title, right? In a match he's not supposed to even, like, we're like, oh my god, I heard Cactus winning the title tonight. And so he's like, you're full of shit. I'm like, hey man, whatever man, whatever. <laughs> Steve and I, now Luke knows Steve. Steve is like the, like, like my other brother kind of thing, you know, kind of thing. Like, born, you know, Luke and Luke got the same birthday kind of thing. It's weird, right? Yeah. And, yeah, it's kind of like an alternate. He's like he's like the Earth to me. Yes, basically. it's exactly that's what it is. Because he was there, like Luke couldn't be there when I was going to propose, so Steve came down. So I had a you know a June sixteenth birthday to help me out, right? Anyway, so the the, the Ultimate called? Warrior couldn't make it. Yeah, so, Warrior yeah. was fucking. He's an asshole. So you know, and uh, um, as soon as it happens, you're one, two, three, and it rings. And Steve and I look right at each other and I go, "Holy shit!" Like as if. We were totally shocked that it happened, and we were the ones online spreading that rumor. And there are people like, holy fuck, those two guys knew what they were talking about. Because we had called Steve Austin's return. Mankind. It just was little things we were making up. <laughs> totally making them up. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, they came true. Which means, as it's always, like... they're bugging what I'm saying, and they're like, shit, we yeah. don't have to do that. Sounds good. You know? <laughs> it's okay. I also well, had one. I'm, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh no, I'm just saying we we would do that stuff and like you know you go to a, like we would do we would go to Raw when they would do Raw tapings and stuff. We, like, we were there the New Age Outlaws when they debuted when Terry Funk got crucified on the cage and nearly died. Like we were there for those things, right? The crowd was red hot for that because that was when wrestling was fucking the Monday Night Wars. It was the most insane wrestling ever. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to a WWE event in forever because I know it's going to not be that. And I don't I – mean, Haley keeps begging me to take her, but, like, I can't go to a, a show starting at 8 o'clock at night in New York City on a school night. We're just not doing that, right? <laughs> and it's, I mean, I'm sorry, we're not. I mean, like, we'll go to wrestling when it's local, and I'd rather her go to a local wrestling where she gets to meet the wrestlers. I mean, she, like, yeah. she, she gets to talk to Velvet Sky. Velvet Sky and her were, like, best friends. Like, I thought they were going to, like – Velvet Sky's like, I'll just hang on to her. Like, she's like, she's the best. <laughs> take my like, kid, please. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. You're and Velvet Sky, by the way, is drop dead gorgeous, right? 
So, I mean, Haley's over there shooting the shit with Road Warrior Animal. She's over there high-fiving Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, Jack Swagger. She don't give a fuck. Everyone else is waiting online. She's like, fuck that. I'm walking over there. Hey, what's up? High-five. Like, just walks over, <laughs> high-fiving guys. Kurt Angle's like, hey, honey, how are you? She goes, hey, Kurt Angle, you're awesome. He goes, thanks, honey, you're awesome. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's my daughter. She doesn't give a shit. People are standing there. AJ Styles is there. She's like, AJ Styles, you're awesome. You know? Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel is giving her a hug. She loves Matt Seidel. You know? Me- meanwhile, AJ Styles is like, I don't sound anything like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the ride along. But, no, no. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it, 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 it really is all about, you know, it, it's what you get out of it. I mean, you know, the, the, um, I, I, the one, the first, yes, the first WWE show I actually went to was a SmackDown taping of all things. It was the one where it was uh, when Punk and Gallows were doing the Straight Edge Society. Yes. And it's when Serena Deeb yes. comes out of the crowd and gets her head shaved. And I, I say this about Greenville all the time. Greenville is not one of these smart mark markets for <laughs> WWE. No, I, I mean that. I, mean, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I know you mean. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. They're not smart marks. They're, they're, it's very much, I, I think it's because it used to be such a strong kind of Jim Crockett, yeah. NWA, WCW market. Yeah, so it was- it's, a, it's a lot of wrestling fans there. It's very traditional type of crowd. So when, when you know, they, they didn't kind of know, the crowd was kind of confused by the whole beginning of that angle. But then they started cutting her hair, and oh, the crowd was aghast. Yeah. Aghast Dude, that, was that they were cutting angle. Serena's hair. That was crazy. Dude, that was such a good and it was like, angle, oh, no. too. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> the crazy part is, as, as much as as crazy as all that stuff with Punk was, and I know people didn't understand him and all this stuff, like the strategy of being straight edge, and when you're not straight edge, it's kind of hard, so people understand that sometimes, right? But, like, it's the angles were so good with that, and when it happens on TV, I mean, the announcers, of course, Michael Cole's, like, short-stroking himself, whatever, but you could hear the crowd, like, try to suck all the air. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like, they're trying to suck all the air out of the building because it's just – that doesn't play well in New York City. They'd be like, fuck it, who cares? You know, kind of thing. Like, Yeah. You know, in South Carolina, that was – that was yeah. yeah, that was unheard of. Well, I will – and I will one, – one last thing about that, and I'll give them credit. The – you know, the um, – you know, it, it's we're at the point now where anytime we see a stagehand on the stage, you're looking to see who's going to do a run-in, you know, because <laughs> that's right. the way it is. Yeah. But they handled this really well because she jumps it, and she's just wearing, you know, pants and a black T-shirt. She doesn't look like, you know, if you didn't know it was Serena Deeb, and from where I was sitting, I couldn't tell it was Serena, right. it's, yeah, you know, right, yeah. because I, I was I was up in the in the in the cheap seats. But unless well, the security next to where you're not going to be able to tell. Right, yeah, unless yeah. you're down on the floor. Right, but exactly. but what I thought was what I thought was great about it added that little bit, you know, it's it's the illusion of realism, right? right, right. So the security guard grabs her and he just kind of hefts her up. And he is then you see running down the aisle to meet him is the female security guard right. who takes who takes her. And it's like, yes, they wouldn't have the male security guard drag her out. They would hand her off to a female security right. guard. So it's like a little bit a thing like that. It's like, look at that. That's something that actually makes sense. Yeah. Like I know, things making sense on WWE programming. It's rare. Well, it's scary. It was different. It's scary. It's different back then because remember, you also had, you know, I mean, you had CM Punk, the Straight Edge Society, and all that stuff. Like the whole idea of like it just became. And we had Chris. Yeah. It became. And we so had Chris Jericho, the hard, the hardest working man in wrestling. He worked. That that show had that that show taping I went to had main event, ECW, SmackDown, and then a dark match. He worked all of them. <laughs> 
like, Chris Jericho likes to work. That's yeah. all I got to say about that. <laughs> it's like, Chris, we're going to fly you out here for one match. Yeah, I could do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, and, and, and that, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the fact that Luke and I used to go to ECW shows and there was no hotter crowd ever than an ECW crowd for anything. Oh God. I mean, I mean, Kelly and I went to a number, and this is crazy. Kelly and I went to a number of ECW shows when, like when you were at school, whatever. And I mean, yeah. Kelly, fuck, has no problem swearing at people, giving people the finger, whatever kind of thing. So Sally Graziano decided he, like, you know, someone's like, "Hey, move you fat fuck!" And it wasn't my wife. Um, <laughs> so she stood directly in front of us. So she stood on her chair. She goes, "I can still see over you, fat ass." And he's trying to make himself taller. She goes, "You can't get taller. You're just gonna get fatter." You know, kind of thing. And I'm like, "I can't see shit," right? But we would be at these shows, and even just regular shows, just a regular ECW, not going to be on TV. Fuck, they were good. Didn't we go to a pay-per-view, an ECW pay-per-view? Uh, I think you went. I don't think I did. I think yeah. you guys did. John, maybe John and I and Kelly went. And when he was talking about the O'Neill Center, I mean, just amazing shit. The one I didn't go to was when Vic Grimes and New Jack climbed up onto the fucking um, um, oh yeah the uh, Danbury Fall. Yeah, and he, they fall off and nearly kill each other. They both, they both miss the tables. So, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, and John was there. I'm like, thank God I wasn't there because I, I wasn't paying $50 a fucking ticket for ECW. Give me a goddamn break, right? I'm used to playing paying 20 bucks a ticket. But he almost died. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And people are like, it was amazing. Yeah, I was like, all right. Yeah. Um, what the, that, 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 you know, the thing with ECW, it's one of these things that, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I, I got you know, I'm Italian. I got to tell you a story to tell you a story, right? So, <laughs> The, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a Megadeth song called, uh, back in the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the lyric in back in the, one of the lyrics in back in the day is if you were, as, uh, um, it's like, how does it go? It's like, if you weren't, if you weren't there, you wouldn't understand. Right. And that, that's always what I've always felt about ECW. It's like, if you weren't there, it doesn't matter because you wouldn't understand. And, you know, so when people right now retroactively criticize even stuff like that, it's like basically New Jack's whole career. Basically, yeah. it's like, yes, you know, looking at it intellectually, New Jack should have been in prison yeah. for some of the shit he was oh, doing at yeah. ECW shows. Not not making a joke. I'm not being ironic. No. I'm being dead serious. No, he definitely yeah. should have been in prison. Yeah. But, but, in, but, in, but in the 90s, yeah. I mean, this was yeah. different. The shit was different back then. Like yeah. Jay was saying, oh, we didn't have, you know, uh, um, uh, social media. The best we had was RF video. It's like. You know, the, the mass transit incident, the Danbury Fall, it's like this this was like urban legends. Yeah. They didn't show this stuff on hardcore TV. They didn't show this stuff on, on TNN. Yeah. You know, so it, it may have well not have happened for a lot of this. And it's like the industry was just, and, and you know, God bless him, Paul Heyman was doing everything he could to just put a show on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And New Jack would fucking show up. So that was somebody who had to get booked. You know? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> you know? So it's like. The cre crazy it, it's it's tough to yeah it's it's tough to, to retroactively look at that yeah. stuff because it's like well shit you know if we knew now you know if we knew then what we knew now it's like yeah everything would be different yeah you know we wouldn't be cheering for Mick Foley taking what twelve unprotected headshots oh from God. the Rock or yeah. whatever well I'm yeah. just saying but, is, what do you call it? Like, like I mean the thing is like they missed the fucking tables that's that's my entire problem with that entire thing is they overshot where they were going and they purposely made sure they had extra tables and they missed all of them. Right. It's not so much that it's like because I've seen them take that bump. I've, I, we were at uh, one of the other shows where Vic Grimes and New Jack went up into the top of the bleachers and went off into the they, tables. They missed yeah. the tables. That's my problem. Like, I mean, I, I mean, it's just I saw I mean, we talked about this before where we had um, 
uh, Brian Lee, you know, got Pitbull number two to the top of a Mack truck and power and choke slam through two tables. Fuck, that's insane. That's crazy. That's in the opening of that's in the opening of like ECW several years worth ever. of ECW Hardcore TV. It's yeah, one of the best spots <laughs> I've ever seen. It's crazy. But I wasn't going there and knowing like, okay, well, this is gonna. You were going there because you wanted to see. I mean. It is was not unheard of for when Rob Van Dam would get in the ring, he'd be like, he would try out say, show me your tits. And girls would pull up their shirts and show them tits. And no one in security, from Atlas Security, the best security going there, right? <laughs> None of them would ever make the girls put their tops back on. No one ever said, oh, my God, how could that happen? Like, no one was – people cheered. Women, children, men, we cheered. <laughs> Breasts, beautiful breasts. I love them. And Robin is like, show me your tits. And, and Kelly was like, I'm not taking my bra. I'm like, don't do it. It'd be cool. She's like, no, I'm not. And, and like, so I was like, oh, she's not going to. Sorry. Right. But we'd have women just pull their fucking tits out. I was like, oh, look at this. And at no point did anyone say, oh, we should get a, we should get a cop or how can you do this? It, and I'm not, I'm not trying to degrade oh, women yeah. here. Because no, but but it, you're right. But at but that in, time, but it, that's but what in, happened. You know. Well, yeah, because now it'd be like that. It'd oh. be on Twitter, and it's like, oh. ECW degrades women. It's like, well, have you seen any of their times that Joey Styles is screaming cat fight, yes, cat fight, yes, cat yes. fight? Yeah. It's like it's like literally one of the top girl, one of the top girls in the company is named Kamona Wanalea. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> all I know is we were at a show, and this guy Leia meow for yeah, you WCW fans. Yes, Leia meow. Yeah. The guy reaches over and grabs, and the guy was they had these bunch of three, three or four people from New Breed Wrestling from Albany. They came down oh. to Poughkeepsie, fucking morons. Reached over and grabbed Francine's ass. Now, don't get me wrong, Francine had a hell of an ass, right? Kind of thing. She had great tits too. But anyway, uh, the whole point is, uh, <sighs> anyway, he grabs her ass, right? Fucking Shane Douglas punches this guy square in the face. <laughs> Not a work. Flat out punches him. Atlas Security. Now, was this? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Atlas Security comes and start pummeling the fuck out of this guy. No pulled punches. Beat the shit out of him. Dra- smashed his head into the, into the guardrail. Dragged his ass out. The other guy... Starts mouthing off. The Al security guy grabs him. The woman who's with him starts screaming. They drag her out. Now the seats in front of us are open. Kelly goes, fuck yeah, front row seats. Kelly climbs over the seat. She goes, <laughs> we got front row seats now, bitches, let's go. I'm like, all right, front row seats. Nice. Uh, Jim and Bob were with us. Uh, I don't know if you were you there. I think you might have been there. I don't remember. Uh, I believe I was yeah. there for that one. Well, if Jim well, and Bob were there. I think I rode with Jim and Bob. Yeah, right. What I'm saying is, but like Jim's jaw was on the floor. Like, oh, Kelly's insane. I'm like, this was awesome. He goes, because Jim is not a wrestling fan, you know? And he's like, I, I kind of like wrestling, but he wasn't that. He goes, holy shit, you just saw an assault. You just saw an assault <laughs> happen. And we're like, we have front row seats now. It was awesome. That's when Sa- that's the picture I have of Sabu coming over the top of the rope. The the the, 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 the table set up from the from the ring to the guardrail and here's Sabu landing on top of us. Yes. Anyway, sorry. We we are really getting far afield and we still have another email to go. <laughs> we got another email here, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 fire up the old email machine. Let's see what the email says here. Uh this one. It says WrestleMania four. It said and this is from uh the uh whoop sorry. Got my microphone caught kind of really behind the camera. Uh, this is from Robert Ludwig. 
you know, uh, our, our loyal contributor to the show here. Uh, here we go. It says, howdy, guys. Well, I'm sending you this after having a crazy past few weeks. Boy, I remember WrestleMania 4 and the build-up to it. I remember seeing Hulk Hogan get pinned by Andre the Giant leading up to it and being excited for them to have a rematch at the event. One of the biggest reasons I remember this is because this was the first year we didn't invite a whole bunch of friends over to watch due to a snafu happening the year before WrestleMania 3. So this was just for the fa- just for my family. It was also the last uh, the last WrestleMania I have seen in its entirety. Holy cow. Well, I mean, they do get kind of long lately, you know, kind of thing. Um, anyway, I was almost 14 and looking forward to the tournament, knowing that Hulk Hogan was going to beat Andre in their rematch and then go on to win, somehow <laughs> getting his hands on Ted DiBiase. I was so surprised when that didn't happen. <laughs> Hang on. Everyone was, uh, I mean, I mean, it, if you're you know, kind of new when it was going on, you know, because Hogan was going to make a movie, but a lot of people were surprised that Hogan wasn't winning this thing, including Jack Tunney. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Hulk Hogan versus yeah. Andre. Where was I? Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant shall have buys and automatically be in the second round. Jack t- the winner <laughs> of Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney. Made in the USA, minutes. Lex Luger yes. and the excellence of execution, Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. Jack Tunney was the, oh, was the touched king the of... floor at the same time at the Royal Rumble event. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So Jack Tunney was the king of the taking two minutes of stuff and turning into 27 minutes of talking. Anyway, because he just slowed everything down. How I talk. You know, there I was. Here we go. I was so okay. It didn't happen. Then I had to switch to cheering for the Macho Man. He was the next coolest guy, and I wanted him to win. Now, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember much about the show except for Macho winning with Hogan's help and Hogan-Andre match, and that Ted DiBiase had a bye to get to the finals. It doesn't really matter, as that it's the most important part. While I understand the logistics of it is not happening again, I have thought for a few years that maybe WWE needs to revisit that type of pay-per-view for one of its titles. It might make it interesting for a cross-branded pay-per-view coming up. Which is now every pay per view, uh, right? Because yeah. they all cross. See, the last time I remember them doing a big tournament like that was Survivor Series 1998, I think, I think when so. The Rock won the pay per view. So one of those Survivor Series where it was Rock and Mankind, when The Rock was when The Rock turned heel and turned corporate. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember you also had um, you had the the universe the 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 first undisputed champion where you had Austin versus Jericho and then Rock versus Jericho. I mean, right, probably, but that I mean that was just that was more like a WrestleMania 10 deal. Yeah, I mean I don't remember the last time they did like a. I mean they don't even do King of the Ring anymore, you know, kind of thing. No. So um, anyway, all right. So uh, Robert continues. A couple of things that were said during the show made my mind work. One was Superstar Billy Graham. When I was younger, I thought that Superstar Billy Graham and the Reverend Billy Graham was the same person. You're not alone. Yep. Trust me. You're not alone. I thought that too for that. years. For years, I was like, years. Billy Graham looks like shit. Yeah. Oh, that's the Reverend Billy Graham. Sorry. Oh, like, no. What? What was it? What was it? One of the was it was an Ion or whatever. One of those networks that have the Billy Graham classics. Yes. And like, oh, I sweet. Was so disappointed. Every like, time we yes. fall for it. You know? That's not superstar Billy Graham. I'm the tower, the power, the man of the hour, the too sweet to be sour, the ladies delight, the men's fright. I'm going, you know. uh, it was. <laughs> 
if you ever get a chance, sorry, before I go on, if you ever get a chance to see on, I think it's a dust. There's it's on the Billy Graham DVD set and on the Dusty Rhodes DVD set. Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes had three matches uh, when when Dusty Rhodes was the in the NWA and he traveled in whatever. Their promos are phenomenally good because they're just because they're just rapping like crazy before rap was a thing. And yeah. like, but it's Dusty Rhodes because there be any more different body type than Dusty Rhodes and superstar Billy Graham. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, it was just due to the name. I knew of and had seen Reverend on TV, but had never seen Superstar when his name was first mentioned on TV. Once I saw him, I knew that they were different people. I'd always thought that was that was funny. Something else uh, brought up was Demolition. Growing up in Nebraska, we did not get much wrestling from anything but WWF, now WWE. So I did not know anything about the Road Warriors, and neither did my friends. So I'm sorry about that, but, you know, you know. <laughs> right? But Axe and Smash came on the scene. I know I love them as a tag team. They were like nothing I'd ever seen before. The outfits were so different from anything else that I could help, uh, that I could help but like them from the first time I saw them. I know that I, I like them so much more than the Legion of Doom. What can I say? I was young then. One more thing. The wrestling <laughs> album and the wrestling album too. Pile Driver. I still have Pile Driver. Pile Driver is amazing. Pile Driver is a great album. Yes. Pile and I say I say great in in you know relative terms. Yeah, but. well, it's really it's the best wrestling album I think ever. Um, there are <laughs> several. Um, I still have the cassettes tapes of both of them, just nothing to play them on right now. I should really get uh, get to move them to dig- get to move them to digital. Maybe something in the future. Anyway, I love those albums. Whenever I heard Land of a Thousand Dances, I think back to the album, the craziness that ensued. If you ever. Want an extra person to talk about them? Let me know. I would be glad to come to talk to you. Thanks again. Oh. Get back to the wrestling gang. Robert Ludwig, Nevada, Iowa. Oh, we we'll definitely, yeah. definitely yeah. have to do a show about those two albums. The the pile driver video, um, besides being like probably now would be deemed sexist because they're all oh, construction yeah. workers whistling at the women, right? You're looking at that construction crew and you're like, I could see them all doing this. Because they're independent contractors it's, and they don't, you know, have a yeah. guaranteed job, so I can see them all. <laughs> it's also like the most homoerotic uh, construction site I've ever worst. seen in my. Oh my god! Every Billy Graham, Billy site. Graham Just gives something. the big thumbs up. It's like, what are you doing? Billy's like, oh yeah, thumbs up. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't understand when when Coco Beware is like singing into the sledgehammer. That's what it's like. Pile. It's like it's not a, it's not a microphone, dude. What are you doing? You know. <laughs> all I got to say about Pile Drive the Wrestling Album is stand back. You know. <laughs> Oh God. I remember, oh, I remember when they debuted it on Saturday's main event, and it's like, we're going to have to debut! Yes. And it's like, they kept building to it, and they finally had it, and like, and it's like, it happens. I'm like, that's cool. I don't know what that was, but it was cool. I had that album, too. Hulk Hogan on the cover. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's uh, his cover of uh, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coos on one of those, one, yes, of those yeah. one of those, right? Yeah. 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 And the and, de- and the demolition song is yes. on there, and Rick Honky Tonk Man's song is on there. Doing that song yep. Derringer, I can't believe never <laughs> <laughs> wrote that for Wyndham and Rotunda. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Well, and, and wasn't Girls and Cars on there too? Girls, Girls and Cars, cars. Yeah. was on there. Yeah. Dude, that was such good music. Like yeah. I, I know yeah. WE puts out like their theme. They had albums of like the theme songs and stuff like that. Yeah, and and some of them were fine, you know, kind of thing. But like those, th- this was different. You know, kind of like the Pile Driver album was just like, what? 
Like, you know, kind of, it sounds like it, the it was thing it was, ever, but it was awesome. Well, I got to remember, you know, it was the mid 80s. I mean, this is when the Slammies debuted. This is, you know, this, this was a, you know, this was not too long after, after rock and wrestling and, yeah. you know, uh, half the, half of the heels of the WWF being in Cindy Lauper videos, you know, so, Do you, you remember know, it was, it was Slammys, in, the first Slammies when, who was it? Oh, was it Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Who's he fighting? And they're in tuxedos and they're fighting all around and they like dive off these stairs onto a couch and stuff. Do you remember this? <laughs> it was like the first Slammy Awards. They did like a Saturday's main event kind of thing. And like they're all in tuxedos. It's like the weirdest crap. I'm like, what am I watching? But yeah, sorry. <laughs> the Slammies. Oh my God. No, but I, I, you know, I, I, I got to agree with Robert about demolition, you know, because I remember, I mean, we used to watch you know, NWA and stuff, but, you know, you watched that more than I did, so I was always a big Demolition fan, and you were always the Road Warriors fan. Yeah. So when I remember when they came over, yeah. it was such a big deal to have Demolition and the Road Warriors, you know, unfortunately at that point, Bill Eady getting on, you know, a bit, so you didn't get the, the classic matchups. But, uh, no, I, I can understand. I mean, Demolition, like I said, I, I've always respected the world for Demolition. Yes, they were the WWF version of the Road Warriors, but they were still pretty damn good, and they made that gimmick their own. You know, they, right. they took it in, in different directions from the Road Warriors right. gimmick. Well, you couldn't, have, worked, you couldn't so. have the Road Warriors, you couldn't have the Road Warriors that, that were at that time in WWF, because it wouldn't work. Like, they, it just yeah. it just didn't work. The teams worked differently. Southern Wrestling, and this, this, is, this is the problem. I mean, I know the NWA technically wasn't Southern Wrestling, but it was Southern Wrestling. Um, there's a whole tradition of tag teams and stuff like that, but the Road Warriors were just the huge monsters. And when they worked with the Midnight Express, the Midnight Express used to bump and roll out of the ring to make them move around. Because teams would bump for them, and the Animal and Hawk would just plant their feet and slam, pick them up, slam, pick them up, pick them up, slam. And people wanted to see that because the Road Warriors are impressive. But, I mean, teams like the Fabulous Ones, the Fantastics, you know, the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, those teams, those were not the teams that WBF was putting out there. Those were not no. the same teams they were putting in. I mean, Arn and Tully. I mean, you know, I mean, you could, they just were not the same teams that they were rolling out there for, you know, for like, I mean, Strike Forces might be the closest to one of those teams. And even Strike Force mm. wasn't really that team. But, I mean, the, you know, the, like either the, the, the Bolsheviks or before that would be, you know, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. I mean, the Killer Bees, I guess, but like the Killer Bees. No, but the Killer Bees. Yeah, yeah, every match. They, they were know. baby faces that cheated, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> so that doesn't work in Southern Wrestling. I mean, at no point was I thinking, like, wow, look at Jim Brunzel sell. Because he's not selling. Like, <laughs> Jim Brunzel's like, hey, we have different sizes. Let's put on masks. They'll never tell us apart. You know, kind of thing like that. Awesome. I don't know why. I always thought the Killer Bees should have feuded with the Conquistadors. Yes. And they could have just kept switching in and out the yeah. whole time, and the ref would just the throw the match time, out like, every time. Ah, screw this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. But I mean, but that's true though. If you think about it, it was very different. Demolition was their version, but demolition was different. I mean, it, to me, I mean, demolition never was the road warriors. And I mean, but I, I think the problem was we got a road warriors clone with the powers of pain who were powers also, in WC- they- and they were in WCW or NWA at the time. You're like, okay, now you see why they're not. I mean, and that's not taking anything away from the warlord. Who's a monstrous man. And the barbarian who will eat your face if you're not, you know. <laughs> dude. I'll tell you right now, right? Some, I mean, I understand Haku was in WWF, you know, you know, part of the Islanders and stuff when he was smaller, and then Haku got much bigger. And I know Haku and the Barbarian eventually became a tag team in WCW, but like, if if if, if they had originally teamed up the Barbarian and Haku, right, as a team, 
I don't think, I mean, because I mean, they did, they were doing business. But if anyone got out of hand, that would be yeah. the team I'd put in the ring with them because whoever you are, <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like, I mean, people are like, oh, like, like even even like Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and all those in Triple H, like, none of them want to fuck with Simone and Haku. No one wants to mess no. with the Barbarian and Haku. They'll kill you. Like, literally kill you. Like, not like, oh, he's going to beat you up. Literally, fish hook <laughs> your eye, eat your nose. They will kill you. All I, I, I got to say about would... Haku, go, go ahead, Kira. I was going to say, I guess the only one that would actually kill you would be Snooker, but. No, well. Oh. No, no, no. Too soon? No. Too That's soon. different. Because, <laughs> because he, because he guessed that he didn't kill a guy, you know, kind of thing. So. <laughs> I mean, good lord. Well, Stuka, all I Ted Kennedy, the, the, whoever, you know, whatever. So. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I drink and I drive. <laughs> the only one in my car that gets out alive, Ted, Ted Kennedy. Kennedy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> JBL used to use that on his radio show. <laughs> well, when, he, when did he die? So. <laughs> That's not too easy. No, J, JBL used to use that song on his radio show all the time. Anytime a member of the Kennedy family was mentioned, he would play that song. It was the best. My my favorite story involving how tough Haku was was Jake Roberts, and um and and they asked him in a shoot interview. It's like if you had to fight Haku, you know, what would you arm yourself with? And he said, I'd want a tank and then a gun with one bullet. He said the gun with one bullet is to shoot yourself in case the tank doesn't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> There's a. There's a barbarian story I heard the other day. It was on, it was, uh, Jim, Jimmy Cornette was telling it. And it was funny as hell. Um, I guess, uh, barbarian was not allowed to go out and drink or anything. And the only person barbarian was actually afraid of in the whole world is his wife. Um, so, yeah. which is true. Cause the only thing tougher than a Samoan man, man. is a Samoan woman. I mean, a Samoan yeah. woman will fuck mm-hmm. you up. Like there's not even like, you're like, Oh no, my grandmother's tough. No, Samoan women are like, no, right. They are, they are different, different, uh, breed. Right there of tough. Um, so I guess, uh, so the barbarian went out drinking and they're going to close the bar and he goes, no, I'm not done drinking. They're like, no, we need to go. They brought in 11 cops. He, they handcuffed them. He snapped the handcuffs in half. Uh, they <laughs> maced them. He took the mace and sprayed it in his mouth and started chewing on the can. And they had to smash him in the head. They finally, like they had, like they busted his skull open and they finally dragged him out and his wife came down to get him. Right. So they're sewing his head closed because he's bleeding everywhere. And his wife comes down to come get him. And he's like, oh, crap, don't tell her I was drinking. Don't tell her I was in the bar drinking. Tell her anything else. Right? I'm like, he just, like, you know, I mean, Haku, the same thing with Haku. There's stories of Haku, like six guys taking Haku on. He beats every one of them, to, you know, down to the ground. Barbarians at the table going, you need help? No? Okay. And just went back to drinking. Like, it's just, I get it. Like, I mean, I understand, you know, people are like, well, you know, you know, the, the South Island boy thing. It's like, it's not a good stereotype. I don't think it's a stereotype. I think it's the truth. Like, yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> like when Vince McMahon's on trial for the, the, um, you know, the, the drugs and all that stuff. One of the, one of the, like, I don't know if it was Afa or Sika came into the courtroom and in a suit that probably didn't fit him well and stared at the jury and turned mouthing, not guilty, not guilty. <laughs> and the jury's like, he's not guilty. Not even close because there's no, <laughs> Dude, those men are like they're. You met? Didn't you meet, meet Afa, Luke? I met Afa. Afa. I mean, he even as an older guy, he was he's gigantic. He's yeah. terrifying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so. And then you hear him talk, and it all just you know. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> I'm going to, Bob, you be the referee. I'm going to go get a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, I think, I think the South Island boys have earned their reputation of being badasses by, you know, being badasses. I, if, you know, I, I know we don't fantasy book on this show, but if I was ever booking for WWE, I would have every, every person on the roster who was of Samoan heritage, I would give all of them an incredibly hard hit. Yeah, oh, of course. I don't care if it was Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, Tamina, the Osos, whoever. They'd all, you try to headbutt them, it would hurt you. Yeah. And I just do it. They wouldn't bring attention to it. Just do it across the board yep. and let the smart marks do with it what they would. Yeah. You know what's funny is <laughs> Samoa Joe is the only Samoan not related to the the uh, the Anoni family. The rest of them, yeah. yeah. It's funny because he's the only one they're like, oh, you're related? He goes, no. And he's not. Like, he, he's very obvious. He's like, I'm not related to them. You know, it's possible to live on that island and not be a member of them. But to be honest, it's an <laughs> island. So, you know, people yeah, start getting so many. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Samoa Joe is, I mean, he is, if you ever have a chance to, to, to meet Samoa Joe, you will be impressed by, wow, that's a big ass man. Like he looks huge on TV. He is huge. I mean, I mean, Triple H is a big dude. I sit next to Triple H. You know, he's a huge dude. Shawn Michaels is not small either by the stretch of imagination, but. Samoa Joe, you're like, man, that guy looks like he might kill me. Like, he just, you know, like, he might kill me, you know, kind of thing. He, he He's supposedly really nice, but when he's focused and coming out to the ring, like, um, we told the story, like, Muhammad Yone, uh, when, when um, I was at, John and I went to uh, um, an ROH show, and uh, um, Bruno San Martino was in the ring talking, and we, how great was it to see Bruno San Martino, right? And they're all paying their respects, and Muhammad Yone bumps into Samoa Joe, and that turns almost into the brawl that every single person was like, no, let them fight. No, let them fight, because <laughs> Muhammad Yone is a giant Japanese man with a giant afro, and Samoa Joe would kill him. For that, I mean, Muhammad Yone is no, no joke. He's a big dude, but Joe looked like he was going to murder him. And I'm like, holy crap. I mean, everyone, the entire Manhattan Center is on our feet going, yes. Yes, like so. Yeah, that was the night Samoa Joe and Homicide teamed up to take on the Kings of Wrestling, and the Kings of Wrestling came out from. They weren't supposed to come out from. They came out from behind us, and everyone's like screaming, yelling, like, "What's the problem?" I turn around, and there's Chris Hero, the, the you know the wrestler Chris Hero, and uh, um, Claudio Castagnoli, both very tall men, by the way, standing there, and they're like, oh, yeah. "Yeah," and I'm like, "The Kings of Wrestling," and it was so awesome because we brought them on the DVD. Just like totally marking out, everyone's like booing the shit out of him. I'm like, I'm gonna this cheer is... for Joe and Samoa and Homicide anyway. Stop it. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Stop. Oh my God, what's your problem? <laughs> oh my God, Bree. That... Like, don't even start. Just because you try to ruin my life, I don't have time for that. I'm. You're not Nikki. I'm Nikki. I'm wearing a hat. Yeah. Yeah. That was the. <laughs> Here, did you ever see that when Maurice? Total was bullshit. Yeah, yeah. When when uh, when Maurice was acting like she was uh, Nikki Bella, and uh, the Miz starts being John Cena. I am John Cena. Get on camera and kiss me. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> Maurice is doing it, but she has the accent because her actually actually has the accent, and she's talking like trying to. Am oh I God, Nikki? What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> so funny because that's how they really sound. Well, yeah, you know, anyway, I um, love to, and, and I love that. I love they made a they made a two pack of it. the Miz and Maurice. I've seen that a few times. Yeah, dressed as, as as for Total Bell is bullshit. That is fantastic. We bought it, and, and <laughs> Haley goes, "Oh yeah. my god, Daddy, this is so funny. Let's not even open it." 
So you know <laughs> my daughter knows it's like serious when she's like, let's not even open it. My daughter rips yeah. open wrestlers in the store, right? She's like, we got to get home and wrestle this out. I'm like, okay. You know, no, daddy, <laughs> this is really funny. I want this in the package on my shelf because it has Miz and Maurice dressed up like John Cena and, and Nikki Bella on the packaging also. It's hysterical. So. Well, you know, they, they got to do the other one now where they're dressed as, uh, as Bree and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And have, you know, have, and have, you know, I'd have the Miz in the package with his knees bent because yes. he walks around on his knees to be Daniel Bryan. Yes. Oh my God. It's so funny. <laughs> the package got to be extra long. Oh no, there's steak. Yeah. I'm going to tell me. Oh no, I can't handle meat. Oh no, Bree, help me. Uh, you know what's funny is in, in, in the Women's Royal Rumble, Bree was still breastfeeding and, um, yeah. the, and she actually considered, one of those, like, because her, her, her chest was huge, but she had to make sure she pumped before she went to the ring. Otherwise, she would start leaking in, you know, during the match because you're moving around or whatever. And Nobody wants to see that. No, that's what I'm well, saying. Well, I mean, there's, a few people. There's a few, a few people, people probably. Like, but... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to see that. But it's like, it's like, but it's I like Brie, Bella and Nathan, Brie Bella and Nathan Jones. That's yeah. what she's saying, right? I was going to say, she was going to Nathan Jones it up out there and start lactating <laughs> on national TV. It'd be so funny. She takes someone's head, put it in their boobs. Who wants milk? And rub their face in the boobs. <laughs> oh, anyway. no. Yeah, it'd be funny as hell. Nathan, it was Nathan it would Jones' be. finisher. It would be, but again, but the Twitter would shut it down. Yeah, I know. But would they? But I don't know. It's like all, all women's wrestling has to be great now, according to Twitter. I don't know. Even even if the match sucks, you're not allowed to criticize it. Well, so I don't know. I don't know. I'll put it this way. is I've seen a lot of really good women's wrestling. Um... Most of it has not been under the WWE banner um, until the day they buy Shimmer, and then they can say, see, we own this. I'm like, okay, then that's really a lot of really good women's wrestling. Um, isn't it funny to think about this, that Shimmer, I mean, Shimmer was, I mean, if you've never seen Shimmer, Shimmer's amazing, right? Um, when TNA had their knockouts, and everyone used to knock TNA, like, oh, how can you have women main eventing? And they would go out there and put on the best match of the week, right? Yeah. It was better than anything WWE put out, anything on TNA, you're like, that's awesome. Tess Schumacher or, or Tess Mocker, yeah. whatever they call her, right? Right. She just went out there and her and Angela Love tore it up because the women could actually wrestle. But anyway, that's another thing. Well, where... well, one, one, just one other thing yeah, with yeah. that. You know, the last ROH show I went to was the first one that was uh, Queen City Excellence, and it was the first one that they streamed on their Honor yep. Club streaming service. They actually streamed it for free. Yep. Well, that was when Tennille Dash, yeah, well, Tennille Dashwood, uh, it was formerly known as Emma made her debut for Ring of Honor. She got the second biggest pop of the night behind the Bullet Club. Yeah. So, you know, it's like it was like Bullet Club, Tennille, and then I put Jay Lethal probably at the same level yeah. as, as Tennille. Oh, so. Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal's so over. It's unbelievable. It's oh, so funny. Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal used to be the guy who was just like, he just, he was well, a pothead, but he is. Um, but he just be like the, the pothead guy who kind of just hung out with whatever, and he was like a joke. I remember when Jay Lethal was an absolute joke in ROH. And then he like got serious and like became a real wrestler and then went to TNA and then became the macho man and then came back yeah. and he's like, fuck yeah, Jay Lethal could wrestle, but he was a joke back in the day. Him yeah. as the well, macho lethal, man. Remember, yeah. yeah, him as the macho man was great. Well, lethal held the ROH world title for, for a solid year. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he had something like, what was it like 20, 25 successful defenses, which was unheard of in the yeah, modern era, but, right, right. But anyway, so that I think that does that empty out our email bag? Yeah, I think our sack the, is the empty. sack. It's sack drained. has been drained. Wait, yes. Wait, I, wait. I think we have one more. It's a Here video. We Let me wait, click on not... Hang on. Let me click on this video. Hang on. Okay. Sting is the black scorpion. Oh shit! It's the black scorpion. No, no, no not the black scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> not the black scorpion. 
a uh, bitch. We're never going to be rid of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Black Scorpion, I got time for you. You're going to snap this chicken's neck, Seeker. You're you know, going to check this Hogan. chicken's neck, Seeker. <laughs> like, what was that, Hogan? Oh. What? <laughs> I need to get on uh. my back, brother. <laughs> like, okay, you just did a whole lot of coke. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the 80s. Anyway. Um, yep. So. So, yeah, I think, I mean, that was, uh, you know, we, we've answered your questions. Again, if you have any any feedback for us at all, drop us a note, even about older episodes or anything, even stuff we didn't even cover yet, you know. Um, we'd love to hear it because, you know, we can take we can take one email and riff that into an hour, you know, kind of thing oh, yeah. about all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, I mean, usually we have a direction, but uh, that direction is never just singular, you know. <laughs> yes, we always have erections. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But, uh, yeah. So, but if you want to get in touch with Get Back to the Wrestling, you can email us at getbacktotherestling at yahoo.com. And we'll, of course, read your email, uh, here on the show. You can also find us, uh, on Facebook. Just look, search for the group, Get Back to the Wrestling. And you can join that group and converse with us there. And as I said, we are now on Twitter at GBTTW Podcast. Just, uh, add us on Twitter, follow us and, uh, tweet at us and we'll be sure to respond to you there as well. So if you want to get in touch with the show, you got plenty of opportunity to do so. And um, I, I would, at this time, if this was any other podcast, I would hype what's coming next. You know, what's always the next thing? Always have to look forward, not backwards, upwards, not forwards, and always twirling, twirling, twirling. twirling. <laughs> <laughs> but as we often say on Get Back to the Wrestling, the only thing that's for sure is that nothing's for sure. So you want to find out what's going to be talked about next time, you're just going to have to download and find out. Yeah, man. Yeah. Tune in. So, so thank you again, everyone, for downloading and listening. Um, Jay, Hero, any last words? Uh, Pile driver. Sorry. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> it's up there with WrestleMania. It's the same song. Um, yeah. <laughs> Demolition has one of the best theme songs ever. They do. Mm. Demolition theme song is outstanding. Yeah. So. Yes, it is. Anyway. All right, folks. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you at the matches. Mr. Luger, Mr. Luger, I saw what just happened out there with Ron Killens. I just want to ask you, I mean, what are your plans for the next show, Super Bowl Saturday? I mean, are you, you going to take care of Ron Killens? What kind of disgusting, despic- despicable lack of respect does that Billy What's-His-Name show booking a match for the total package Lex Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? Can he afford to pay me to wrestle run? I don't know. I'm one of the biggest legends stars ever in this. God. And your t-shirts are too tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me against Ryan Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. I don't think I... No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time. You're the coward.